Welcome. No. Okay. What if I just go... Hey, everybody. Yeah. What if I just go, Josh, we're back again. And you go, yes, we are, Justin. I like it. Do it. Josh, we're back again. Yes, we are, Justin. <laughs> that was great. New tunes. New tunes. Courtesy Exciting. of your bro. Jacob Perleone. Go check it out on YouTube. Welcome back, everyone. Terrible with X podcast. Been a while. It's okay. Yeah, yes, it has. But you know what? We were preparing deep for this one. All the necessary info. Even though it's it seems to be never ending. Yeah. Old Rendlesham Forest. Yeah, that's uh, that's where we're going today. The Rendlesham Forest incident. Is that what they yeah. kind of called it there? Yeah. I think that sums it up. But I guess before, you just want to... What's new with you? Anything uh, oh, you like you to know, discuss, current events? Reading some books. What are you reading? Oh, gosh. Let me... Uh, i got a couple of books going right now. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Dave McGowan? If you're, if you're listening to our podcast, and uh, I hope you are out there, our program... Uh, program a program uh you're and you're in the conspiracy world i'm sure you're probably familiar with dave mcgowan are you justin familiar I, with dave mcgowan the name sounds familiar but that very well may may be rose mcgowan <laughs> so i'm not sure but yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've brought him up to me before but yeah you know he's uh one of his uh, more popular books is uh, program to kill Yep. Are you familiar with that yep. book? Yep, yep. Only from you. I haven't read it. Maybe seen it somewhere on Twitter or something. There's a lot yep. of people that uh, maybe, reference that book. Maybe on our Instagram? I've put some stuff up yep. on our Instagram in regards to Program to Kill. Anyway, I hadn't got a chance to read the darn thing. I've just been going through it now. Um, always kind of shuttling through a few books at the same time. Right. So just to kind of keep myself, keep my mind occupied. Yeah. And that's one of them. He's uh, sort of a kind of a popular he's passed away i think he passed away in 2015 ish maybe he had cancer show up miraculously all of a sudden is um, that part of the conspiracy i would say so really that he i think he had he was lung canceled. cancer yeah yeah i think he was cancered uh i think he was a smoker though because i've seen him uh listen to a few podcasts and he sounded like he was puffing on something that sounds cool yeah, so I he was either smoking some weed, marijuana, right, like a fat blunt, <laughs> yeah. or he was uh, smoking some cigarettes, and he he made a he made a a post which you can read on his uh, website, kind of talking about that when he got diagnosed at the time because essentially he's just basically saying throughout his life he'd never really been in the hospital, yeah, and uh, he was pretty much healthy his whole life. Uh, until this just what well, that's the thing with cancer it just kind of shows up so it can yeah he could have been cancered or he could have been smoking because i think it was uh small cell carcinoma which is from generally from smoking yeah lung cancer lung cancer yeah and uh, one of the worst kinds right? but he was not a well-known you'd have to sort of be in the conspiracy world to know about dave mcgowan what was his shtick if you will one of his more recent books was the um the Laurel Canyon, sort of, uh, which I think I've mentioned that before too. Yeah. Uh, just talking about all of the the music scene, the hippie scene that originated in Laurel Canyon, Los Angeles. 
and uh, Program to Kill came out before that, and that book sort of covers, and his, his premise is the idea that there was more to the whole serial killer sort of phenomenon mm-hmm. of the sort of 60s, 70s, and 80s, kind of going into the 90s and stuff, that there could have been some, maybe some MK Ultra connection there. A lot of these guys just never seem to get caught, you know? Right. And either they're all were really good at what they were doing, or, you know, they could have been um, protected in some way. Like I said, I haven't finished the book right now. And, you know, he's got his critics, uh, are you as, s- he ri- as he rightly should, Dave McGowan. But he's, I think he was, I think he's on to something with that. Because he's also in Program to Kill. There's a lot more stuff in, in talking about cults and stuff like that. And satanic cults. Like there yeah. was a little, you know, there was the, like to the say satanic panic of the 80s. I don't know if you remember all that stuff kind of going on. Yeah. You bit. were a little, little bit maybe. I was, I was a tyke. Watch your pets. You know they're getting, you yeah. know, nabbed and sacrificed. Pets, uh, their heads are falling off. They're finding them everywhere, right? Right. Uh, there may have been something more actually to that because then there was like the whole Michael Aquino thing, you know, and he was like the a military guy who had intelligence connections and stuff like that, and but he was like head of some sort of subset of the satanic. You know, Anton LaVey, that whole thing, you know. There just may have actually been something to it. Right. Unless you're saying, like, the serial killers, Gacy's, every serial killer of that time. Right. So even if he wasn't, even if McGowan wasn't, and it's like anybody you follow, you may not believe everything they say, or maybe they're making some stretches in in their logic, or, but nonetheless... He seems like he may have been on to something with this. Hmm. Not that you're, you know, you read a book and you're like, they're trying I, to convince you or something. Like, he's just providing the information. And that's kind of the stuff I enjoyed reading is this, where they just sort of provide the information, you make your own. Just put you know. it out there for you. Yeah. He notices a lot of the um, coincidences, you know, uh, a lot of the things that are similar in a lot of the killings. I think one of the things most recently when he was, the most recent chapter I was kind of going through there, it was... Uh, a lot of them used uh, twenty-two caliber pistols, yeah, which is not uncommon in the intelligence world. Assassins using twenty-twos, right? Quiet, quiet, quick, right? Yeah, uh, lightweight, lightweight. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole number of uh, reasons that, and you know, once it gets in the skull, it just starts bouncing around in there. Really turns that brain to mush. Correct, they say. Yeah, and you know, I'm, like I said, I haven't gone through the whole thing yet, but uh, he's going to talk about the zodiac and he's talked about it a little bit in the chapters that i've gotten to so far you know it's just more to the story probably and i've you know of course we've all if you're into the zodiac killings in san francisco and all that stuff that would have certainly fallen into this category could have been more people involved in that one too didn't they say that they just yeah. recently didn't something just recently happen with that like they found out who it might have been or decoded one of the codes or something like that yeah, one of the uh, ciphers was, I believe, recently, uh, maybe last year or the year before, yeah. uh, they they figured it out. What did it say? I don't Do you know remember? Okay. I don't think I it was anything. It was nothing crazy, groundbreaking, uh, entertaining. I don't nothing. think so. I don't think it was anything. And I think it's just a general consensus if it was actually uh, solved or not. So who knows if that was actually the – I assume it to be – I mean, most times, he, most of his ciphers, like the ones they did solve, the first one back 
you know, it was just like a simple substitution cipher. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a, a couple. But there's there's questions about all that stuff, though. So it's not like all. I think the people that even uh, solved that one, the couple, the husband wife couple, they had questions about those people. Like, who were they to solve this overnight, right. practically? Right, right. And now you got your uh, internet sleuths kind of in the same thing. Like, who the hell are these people to even attempt it? Which is weird because they could have put his, and they did. And nothing was ever solved. His ciphers into computers and stuff, and how it could run through um, all of these variations and ways to solve it in you know thirty years. It never had forty years, whatever, fifty years, until just recently. And I don't know if that was a group of people that did it. I just know that it was. It is crazy that whole. uh, I think it was just more yammering, though. Was it? I think so. I'm not going to spend any time to look it up right now. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I mean, so anyway, long time ago, Dave McGowan, Program to Kill. Right. It's a good book. I wouldn't even, I don't know how many chapters, seven or eight chapters in so far. I think he's on to something. But he was also kind of well known for his uh, moon hoax conspiracy. What's this? He's done quite a few podcasts where he talked about it. He also did a book, uh, Wagon the Moon dog ears i don't know what the hell is the i can't remember the tie i haven't read that one yet but it's uh that was one of his earlier books too i think i think his daughter runs his website now he's still got a lot of articles on that on that website too by the way what's because he did a lot thing? of writing what's the moon thing the con- what's the con- what's his moon prank we didn't land on the moon oh just that okay all right okay i thought he had like a new no but he, he does it. pose some interesting questions in some of his interviews uh a lot of a lot of simple shit that I, not even overly complex things that people normally gravitate to when they're like trying to point out flaws and what they think is the the hoax, looking at the footage. Yeah, you know. But he's got other things that he talks about too, which is kind of interesting. One of which was like the, uh, you know, the fact that uh, nobody else has gone since right. we went. Right. Which is a, obviously a big one that people talk about. And just recently, there was something I saw where the Japanese tried to land something, some sort of a, not a manned mission, but like a um, a robot or something, and they failed. Did you see that recently? No. Yeah. Very recently? Yeah, within the past like week or two. Oh, Jesus. So no. J- Japan, 60 years on from our, um, you know, yeah. <clears throat> supposed landings that we just did every other, you know, few months, a crew after crew. With no issues whatsoever, except for the what was the Apollo thirteen? Well, we all know that one. Where they supposedly, you know, supposedly maybe they had to throw in a little drama to, uh, like maybe we're making this look too easy, guys. It is two hundred and fifty thousand miles away from the Earth, and we can just fly out there and back, and make it look, uh, you know. Well, there. I mean, there's some slingshotting involved. Russia didn't do it, and they were ahead of us by every metric at the time. That's true. People like to point that out too. You know that that was they were killing us. Yeah. Techn- well, wasn't that the technologically whole reason, speaking? Wasn't that the whole reason to get there? We we got there right, and then we, we haven't been back. We get there, and it's a whole lot of nothing. Why do, why even bother going back? Why go there anyway? Nothing just, can be learned. Nothing else it. can be learned from it. Well, right? at the first time, I get it. First, to see if you can do it. I get that. All right. But, but why go back? It's like all right, yeah. I guess What's maybe, yeah, maybe that because you're looking at something that happened 60 years ago, maybe we could learn more 
maybe they didn't have enough, you know, or maybe it didn't happen. <laughs> maybe the the knowledge that they gained 60 years ago, they, the, you know, ideally yeah. you could per- perhaps get more. Why go to Mars? Essentially, that could be the same thing too, right? A lifeless... Well, I think it's you know it's 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 what it's what people do. It's what humans do. We explore, brave new worlds. And I don't know. Somebody once said that space is the final frontier. So I think that's the whole beauty of it. You know, it's it's. I infinite. think I heard that. Yeah, once before. Some documentary, too. I think. So somebody yeah. said it. I forgot who it was, but. Yeah, but. Uh, so anyway, he had the, that. He had that. Moon hoax. Uh, and you can find some of his interviews where he talks about that too. But so, do you do you not think we land on the moon at all ever, or the moon landing? I go back and forth on this. Yeah, and this this has nothing to do with anybody else's. I mean, you just you think about the technology now. Either our technology and our our capabilities were much further along than we are led to believe. Right. 60 years on from all of these things happening we were much further advanced at that time but then also at the same time you hear like well there's more technology in your phone than yeah and you've heard this for years than there was oh, on yeah. the apollo whatever yeah. mission right so then you're just wondering you know and you've seen the the, the lunar lander it looks like a little shitbox tin can that's true well, that's all you need though and like, you're like no how'd they get the buggy and how did one of his things he was talking about he's like you know everything because you know to have a moon landing theory hoax to believe that he had to do some reading on it i guess or whatever but he was talking about the moon dust and talking about how much you know the contaminants where did they put their suits on and how did they bring the because they're just running around and kicking it up all this dust and you know now yeah. it's a problem and there's there's been that one interview somebody from NASA was talking about the um well that technology's gone you know we don't have that technology anymore he was referring specifically to that technology that the time that took us to the moon uh we don't have that anymore it's the idea that technology doesn't always advance you know yeah, sometimes never- we can it goes backwards you know if we don't continue to push it you know, yeah. If there isn't uh, money it's, and I don't, I don't understand that though. What, what is that? What he's saying is that's a weird thing for NASA to say. We don't have that technology anymore, right? Okay. Obviously, it is right because okay. this was a Making person sure from that. NASA saying that this was technology that we we just don't have anymore to to send somebody to the moon. We can't do it right now. I don't know if that means for the money. I think it's the money thing, right? What's the point? Again, what's the point? I mean, we're almost a trillion dollars in the Defense Department right now, so we're nearing a trillion dollars a year. So, I mean, they can just make money. The Fed just makes money whenever, it's whatever you know, inflation and stuff's going crazy right now. But That's like, true. What about the Space Force thing? Did you see that? What, specifically? Space Force, the leader of Space Force, whatever, Colonel, whatever the hell, General, whatever. It's a uh, military thing? Yeah, is it was some. It was an article. Not Elon no. Musk's. Is this something? No, no, no. This with is his? this is Space Force. That we're gonna have. We have. We're gonna start facing real threats from space. And I think people are taking that to mean aliens. Aliens. But I think what he means is like the next war, World War Three. Some of it's gonna be up in space as well. Right. But I think people took that to mean aliens. God, I hope it's true. Though. Extraterrestrial life. Yeah, that would be great. 
Let me ask you this. Would you, in your lifetime, like to see an alien... Okay, how about, how about we'll just go... Not, I was going to say invasion, but let's just switch it up to just first contact. Would you like to see that? Would I believe it is my first thought right there. Would I believe yeah. whatever's coming from the higher... It, it lands in a place that it cannot be denied. Okay, so yeah. we, we know it's legit. Yeah. So like, no, There's no hiding it. It's... Would I like to see that? I don't really give a shit. You just, yeah, th- that is what is amazing about you. <laughs> I don't understand that. I know. At all. I know. I don't give a shit. You it's don't crazy. care about that. And I, you care about people listening on Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't see. I don't care about that. That's. Uh, I mean, I don't su- really super care about that. Yeah. I know. I'm just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now, it's just the alien thing. Is just. It's so. Uh, Outside of the realm of anything that's we can ever prove or know, you can assume that there's life on other planets because the the vastness the vastness of the the cosmos yeah it's it goes on forever so you can assume that probably somewhere this shit has popped off it's gotta had to right uh, but I don't really care if they show up right now. I don't give a shit about that. For some reason, well, I can't make myself care about it as much as I try. What would you do? Isn't that weird. What it would you do? Weird, right. It is very strange. That's it's very odd to me. That is. Yeah, and so that's like whack, bro. When you're like ah, Rendlesham Forest incident, UFOs. I'm like fuck. I hate this shit. I'm I know. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. <laughs> that's why we're doing the UFO thing sparing. No, no. I'm just kidding. Is this the second one. Not counting Montauk. And actually, did find the yeah Montauk was a that's an absurd fun one. Definitely, yeah. there's there's nothing about that that can be taken seriously. I'm sorry if people are listening and they that's their one that's their thing yeah. that tells them everything they need to know. But, but that is the biggest pile of horseshit. Bigger than this one? <laughs> well, we'll see. I think much bigger than this one. No, but like um, no, I just it's it is interesting. Like when we get into like you're talking about like the. Um, Area 51 and stuff, That's brings it down to earth, so to speak, for me. It makes it more interesting. Right. For some reason. Like, just, like you mean having... Because I know there's some there? shit going on at those bases. Okay. A- I know... Ex- ET-wise, you mean? Uh, I or mean, just, possibly, yeah. Just the fact that there is a base there. Yeah, the secrecy behind that stuff is where it gets interesting gotcha. to me. And, of course, growing up, you know, yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation, man. I love that show. The idea of it, I think it makes me, it's uh, a future like that is very interesting, you know? I yeah, grew up I, with this I, stuff, I, so. I think we covered what you do on the holodeck with the Jeff and Nathan episode. Right. That's the future you want. Pressure wash that <laughs> bad boy every time I uh, finished up in there, huh? Yeah. Daily. Because it would be a mess. Daily? Daily. You'd like, you treat yourself every day? Every. How Man. could you not? Whatever you want to do, you go in there and yeah. But uh, as for me, think the moon hoax thing. I don't know. I'm, you know, I don't. You want to sound like an idiot when you say, "Oh, we didn't go." Right. We'll never know. Probably. I know. And it would be such a massive conspiracy that so many people would be involved. But then you go back and look at the time period, the space race. Oh, we just sorry, I popped out there. We just magically won the space race. Nobody else has ever gone. Just recently, Japan, who's kind of knows a little about technology, 
tried to send an unmanned you know spacecraft there and they just failed 60 years later okay it just goes to show you america's number one always because we also have curiosity on mars we do so we say we we have the best of the best of the best but who's to say that's real either though right maybe that's just taking in the desert yeah all those pictures you seen some of those coming back here late on the you know on the Reddit's I follow, right? Jeez, all oh. kinds of images from Mars. Like, could this be a, a fin face of a spaceship? Yeah, in the rock. Yeah, is this a a statue of some kind? Some sort of a yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you look at it, and then it's like they're it's like this tall. It's like two inches tall. Like you see the zoomed in Im- image, and you're like, oh my god, that's a huge and they pillar. Full and image, it's, like, and it's oh. just yeah, it's just it's tiny. Yeah. Right. Have you heard the theory about the nuclear war on Mars? No. That's a whole that's a whole theory apparently. Conspiracy that there was a nuclear war that took place on Mars. And that's what and that's why it's led to the planet the way being it the way it is, it is now, right now. And that's why we're here. Interesting. It is something. You know? The thing with those conspiracies though is that where are the records of that? Where are the records of what? Of of humanity transitioning from Mars to Earth, how how did those get lost? I say that, and then going back to the moon hoax, the original footage of all the moon landing stuff was lost. Yeah, it, everything you see is always a copy of a copy. Nobody has the original footage. See, there, supposedly. there there is enough there. I get why people don't think it's real. Because there's enough there to justify not believing another government agency. There's been enough in the past. I mean, people didn't believe it at the time, even. But then also, like, you think about, like, when it was aired on TV, these little black and white, yeah. tiny little tube televisions. And nope. there wasn't much footage that was shown, really. There wasn't, there wasn't much. Yeah. You know? And there's been many, many years to... Um, the footage that you can look at on YouTube and stuff like that. I mean, it's who knows. I know, I know. And back then, you know, when they aired it, it wasn't you know. There's no 4K to notice any imperfections. And they were communicating with them. I mean, there's so many things I don't know about the technology at the time, right? Right. So we know the uh, internet or whatever was around before we ever got our hands on it in the mid to early 90s before. You know, consumer-based internet yeah. was you know launched or whatever, but it was around in the seventies, I think, and whatever its modern inception essentially right, was. But it's right. been so technology with the governments and what they can do. I mean, the rocket program, all the Nazis they brought over, all that stuff. We don't fully know how advanced the technology was at that time, but there is definitely enough there to question whether or not it actually happened. I, I think, to, to sound like a total moron right now, I just think there's enough there for people to question it. If yeah, you look at I all the that. different things. Yeah, it is weird when you, when you, when somebody that knows what they're talking about, about that especially, gives you all these little nuggets. Like, why were their face, not one picture with their face shield up? I get it. The sun was, I get it, but. And the temperature in the sun picture. is like 250 degrees. Right, it's like two hundred and fifty degrees Fahrenheit, I think. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how. It's super hot, and then when you go into the, the the shade or the you know, it's super cold. So I don't understand. Surely their suits can't insulate from. Had some AC. 
250 degrees. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the reason behind that, but I'm sure there, a guy from NASA, Neil deGrasse Tyson, would be like, well, actually... Can't I, I can't stand him, by up. the way. He, I love, hate him. He's kind of a dickhead. I've always said this. You ask him a question, and he goes, let me tell you why your question's wrong, and this is what you should have asked, and I'll answer that question. That's what he always does. I can't stand the guy. I like him, though. I started listening to his new book. When he first when he first showed up on the scene, he was uh, there was a lot of promise with him. Right. Just in the way he approached people's questions yeah. uh, when he did q and a's when he spoke i was thinking another carl sagan right because he did you know the cosmos right. the new cosmos or whatever yeah but then he slowly i think just his ego and stuff started to you know get too- nurtured and fed more and more and so now he's just i don't know i just I, I i've not seen a single clip of him recently where he's not just running his mouth <laughs> in a in a more humble way. Carl Sagan always like even when people brought up questions to him that you knew he was going to respond harshly to if they talked about religion or something like that, which is completely fine and it's just be expected. He's a man of science. Right. But he always approached it in a much more and uh, I would challenge people to find some of these clips where he promoted knowledge and uh, in in a much more diplomatic way. We'll say it like that, you know? He encouraged you to have questions. Questions are good. Not ask a question and ask it and make you feel like a dumbass. I know. Because Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's been... He does do that. ...raked over the coals recently when he was talking about his, his uh, you know, him promoting vaccines, probably getting a paycheck from Pfizer or somebody. And uh, we have come to see that these vaccines <laughs> with COVID uh, weren't exactly what they promised and that people have had heart issues. They've had to... Yeah. begrudgingly admit that there have been some many problems and he was on a uh, podcast not too long ago talking about those things and he was raked over the coals because of that yeah that could have rightly been so though. and you're not you have nothing to do with the medical establishment at right. all right uh, that's the problem there yeah so like you're if you're, you're a smart guy in your field you're stepping outside your your expertise yeah i wouldn't Right. I mean, we're allowed to do that here. We're, you know, but we're not. I'm not making assumptions that we know everything either. Right. You and tell somebody saying? to go get something when I don't. I, we're not advocating for any financial advice or uh, medical right. advice on this program. Right. But I will say one thing about us: we've never been wrong about anything ever. <laughs> I do know that. Yeah. So there is that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what they were talking about with him recently. Because he was just, you know, like all celebrities, influencers, uh, just like your Edward Bernays would use them back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. People of influence, you pay them yeah. uh, to, to promote your message. And uh, he was wrong. So, talk about space, dude. You know? I know. Stay in his lane. Stay in your lane. Right. Know your role, as they say. Um, yeah, so in one other book that I've been juggling here recently was the uh, One Nation Under Blackmail, Whitney Webb's book. Yeah, you said that was doing that the, the first volume, uh, which is like 500 pages. I think that she had to do it in two volumes because it it's like 1,000 pages. And uh, it's fascinating. It's huh. fascinating. Because it's all, 
it's just about organized crime that is our government yeah and every government of course it's uh you know you'll see epstein on the cover but you know he wasn't just he's not the only one and this shit didn't just start with him you see what i'm right right so i saw a video recently of some sailors if you will they they sneaked snuck onto his island yeah. His abandoned island now. Looks pretty cool. I got to say, it probably was a heck of a time if you were there. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was quite a few people there, too. Just for the parties, not anything nefarious. Underage handjobs? I don't mean that. I don't mean that at all. <laughs> Just hanging out. I saw Dustin Hoffman on that list. Like, so it seemed like a, like a cool party, probably. A lot of cool people. That's then, all it was. Unfortunately, it just got you know all wrapped up with some other stuff. Yeah, I mean, she goes into that in, in the book. Uh, of course, she's done a lot of reporting on him and his, I guess you'd say, his network of people. And uh, if people are listening to our conspiracy-related podcasts, they would certainly probably know about her now because uh, Jason introduced me to her 2016, 17, 18, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Completely unknown. Uh, she's just doing some articles for, I think it was Mint Press News. And, uh, of course, now she's got her own thing going, and she's showing up everywhere now. So, uh, like I said, she's been doing a lot of reporting on Epstein for many years, writing articles and stuff. And I guess the book is essentially a summation. And it also goes into the history, uh, not just related to him, but all the other crime-related history of uh, the U.S., uh, which I find fascinating. Because it tells you more about... The real world that we sort of inhabit right now. Right. Which is why I'm not, you know, looking forward to or expecting any sort of, uh, you know, extraterrestrial encounter. Or just like, oh, people are like, you should go vote and shut the fuck up. You know, I'm going to waste my time with this rubbish, <laughs> this nonsense. Cal went from ETs to voting is bullshit. In a, in a split second. What our Dirty 30 is all about, which is going to be a little longer today. That's true. It's already a 30. Yeah. I love it. So that's okay, though. Yeah, I'm fine with it. No. We, how I mean, often? If, it's been months since we've done one, so we, we're allowed true. to. There's been so much happen. There's, every time we do one, there's just been yeah so many things going on in the world, you know? Stuff we don't even, like, it just passes us by. You know, <laughs> we're not one of those podcasts that talks about that. Well, I have a couple of things here. What I talk about in a minute, I guess maybe that um, are current ish. Uh, but for the most part, our podcasts go few and far between, so we we miss a lot of the current events. We can't yeah. be. We can't. We're not one of those podcasts that are dealing with yet. I'll say yet current events. Like if we had like a YouTube, which yeah. we would probably be if we demonetized. If we were to ever go that route. You think so? Or we could start making some Skrilla, some Jack. Oh, uh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and be, because, uh, you know, this is there's some money spent on our little operation here. Yeah, but. I know it's minuscule, however, <laughs> and our motivations remain pure, but um, I don't want to just be chasing the almighty dollar, but, you right. know. You're not just doing this for the love of the game? Right now, it's for the love of the game. Right. But, okay. you know, you always, uh, well, in spurts anyway, want to think in terms of growing it and making it more than it is. Right. Because that pushes us as a team 
in this podcast world, you know, right? Of which there are many. There's a lot. Yeah, there are a ton, and a lot of them do suck. Yeah, a lot of them suck. It's really, you know, it's even if it's like well-known actors and stuff that have started a oh, podcast. Yeah, some of there's some of the worst. Yeah, like that uh, Obama Bruce Springsteen one. Did you listen to that one? Good God, no, man. Whew. <laughs> it was rough. I listened to it on a drive to Florida. Speaking of Obama, Uh-oh. can I transition real quick and just give you this little uh, fun fact? Yeah. I love fun facts. Which you may or may not know. Uh, so you were saying, what were you going to say? I just listened to that on the way down to Florida. I listened to the whole thing. Him and what the Bruce hell is it about? Talking about just living in America, man. Just talking? Yeah. Fatherhood. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just, you know. I don't think he actually raises his kids. You get that kind of money, you don't actually raise or see your children, well, probably. if you listen to both of them talk. Oh, if they tell the yeah, story. They, yeah, they uh, definitely do. But, it, I mean, you know, I guess the problem with that is they're not podcasters, radio show hosts. One's a rock star and has been his whole life, and the other one is a lawyer turned president. Propped there, up by billionaires. Uh, oh, is it? Is, let me ask you this. It was the name. Uh, yes. Well, one president that has not been propped up by billionaires. Well, that's that's my point. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. I was figuring. Yeah. Uh, isn't there a Kennedy? It's going to run for this next election. Yeah. Robert. Is it Robert Junior? Yeah. Junior. Yeah. Which you know, I he's 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 been going on about vaccines for years, and you know he's got that conspiracy theory sort yeah. of like anti-establishment bullshit going on but like uh it could be fun uh, you know i'm just looking forward to honestly I, i'm not i don't I, know what to make of that i don't know what to make of that if he's like legit right if he's on this side of things yeah looking in he's a kennedy uh but i don't know i don't know what to make of that i don't believe in elections so right. i don't know if he's just boomer guy that's on this side of things looking in and saying hey i'm gonna run for the presidency and still believes in that establishment because mm-hmm. i certainly don't i have no reason to but and if you had any fucking sense you wouldn't believe in it either <laughs> i'm just saying are you excited about watching trump again before we transition to trump i right. need to get this obama right. thing out real sorry. fast sorry have you ever heard the name stanley armor dunham does that name ever come across here? No. Okay. No. That is uh, Barack Obama's maternal grandfather. That's his mother's father. Okay. Say it again. What was his name? Stanley Armour Dunham. Armour Dunham. Yeah. Okay. Born 1918, died 1992. He was essentially raised in Hawaii. Of course, there'd be some people contest that. You know, they think he's mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. legitimate... Uh, American citizen or whatever. Right. I assume him to probably be. That's the case. Wow. More than likely. I don't care either way. He still became president, blah, blah, blah. Again, I don't give a shit. He's just a person that they put out there to assume this position so that people have their somebody they can point their fingers at. It means nothing. Right. I, I agree. 100%. The president, Biden's not making any decisions. Right. He's not. He's looking good, though. Right. Looking great. <laughs> Trump didn't make any decisions. None of these people are making any of the well, decisions. I, that's not true. I think they let him do small it's ones. It's very true. 
They let him do. They let him do the tiny things. Right. You can believe that all you want. Like stuff that doesn't matter. Sign uh, like executive orders and yeah, stuff like that. Just, just little things and yeah, make them. You know, everybody see them in a position of power, but really they're like. We've said this before. They're like the front man. Yeah, it's it's somebody. Face. It's somebody just for people to look at. The right. real people in power, you never get to see them or, you know. Right. Uh, you know, I think they, they, they're pretty well figured out who sort of like propped up Obama and like may, maybe possibly Hillary Clinton because she came out of Chicago too. Um, can't remember the name of that family right now. I think, oh, this, the, uh, the Pritzker family. That was the name of that family out of Chicago. Just billionaires. You know, right. I, think the, right. I think one of them's like the governor of uh, the state right now or something, Illinois. But uh, they're pretty sure what's that was... The, what's the name? Pritzker. Pritzker. Pr- Pritzker. Pritzker, yeah. Huh. The Pritzker family. That's just one of them. Sounds like a lot of pricksters. They're they're organized crime. <laughs> That's basically what they are. All right. Hate to be calling them out. Sorry. Wow. That's just... That's I'll, just... I'll uh, beep that part out. You don't have to. <laughs> I got nothing to lose, man. All right. Anyway, getting yeah, back ahead. to Obama. Sorry, sorry. Finally get this stupid little fun fact Do out. It. It's just in regards to him and his relatives, okay? Uh, blah, 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 going through here. This is just on the wiki page. I, I don't know why I didn't know this. I should have. But um, anyway, uh, in Dreams from My Father, Obama ties his mother's family history to possible Native American ancestors and distant relatives. Jefferson Davis, presidents, he was always related to Jefferson Davis. Uh, he's also related to a guy by the name of George W. Bush, and that's kind of strange. Uh, he's also related to Dick Cheney. Oh. <laughs> it was, yeah, it just goes on and on, which I thought was kind of funny. I didn't know, but that you see, you're he's, led he's to believe uh, the Republicans, Democrats. He was a, he was a Democrat, you know, but all of these people are related. And if you just go back to. Um, his uh, maternal grandfather's uh, page, Stanley Dunham's distant cousins, includes six U.S. presidents. It kind of further goes into more detail about that. Uh, another president who was Dunham's grandfather. James Madison, Harry Truman, Lyndon Johnson, Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush, obviously George W. Bush. All of these all of these people were cousins. They're all related, which is a little odd. You think all these people have been presidents and they're all related somehow, right. even even if dis- distantly related. And of course, Dick, T- Dick Cheney's in there, but then in the other one down here is uh, Wild Bill Hickok, who's a sixth cousin. And this is again just on the wiki page, but I just wow. I, for whatever reason it just never come across my radar that Barack Obama's related to all of these people. So that is interesting. That's yeah. fucking interesting. That's fucking interesting, man. It's a little strange. Wow. But that's my Barack again, Obama fun fact. I like. I'm gonna make a stinger for that as well. Okay. I just. It's one of those things that it's. It is a fun fact. But what do you, what 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 can we do? What can you do? In regards to what? No matter who you try to get in there. There's going to be some type of information like that. He, she, they're 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 part of the same corrupt group yes that's true yeah it's true yeah that's what it is yeah well all right then all right on to the next (laughs) 
dirty 30 uh, topic. Uh, the Cosmic Summit drama, which I've been sending you this past week. Yeah. Uh, who knows? May have had got some listeners that may have got. Did it? Was it this weekend that thing was happening? This past, this weekend? I don't. I don't remember. You sent me those videos while I was deep in something else. Yeah. What? We all want to know. I had to use DuckDuckGo to look for it. If that means anything to anybody, it was a. I was watching porno joke. DuckDuckGo is one of those server uh, browsers that you can just supposedly. It, yeah. Well. Yeah. But it's just. I just like it on my phone. It's just erased. Yeah, quick and easy. No, what? you sent me that, like last night. You sent me some of those videos, I believe, right? No, what was that? But it was it was last week, was just it? off and on. Oh, oh, oh! No, what did you send me last night? Those, I uh, don't recall. Uh, you, yeah. Uh, oh man, good God! That oh, the uh, Unarius. Unarius. The yeah, Unarius. I got confused, sir. Yeah. Uh, I have brought about brought that cult. Excuse me, that religious <laughs> group up before. Yeah. Uh, here, I. They're so nice. I've seen so many people go to their. You normally can't just like walk into a Scientology place and get an open interview with any of the main uh, people that are involved with Scientology. Right. Which, by the way, I just saw this this morning. Scientology is going to have its own network, its own TV network, Ooh. its own channel. That's pretty awesome. And I looked at their YouTube. They've got a bunch of the programming there and promotional stuff on that already. Yeah. That is the... Who's on it? Anybody notable? No, but it's made to look like, you uh, know, there's some really kick-ass shots of them grabbing the little hand nodes yeah, getting cleared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some incredible cinematography in their productions. Of course, they're an extremely wealthy... I was just going to say, they got... Landowners, man. They own tons of land, got a cruise ship. Shit. Fuck yeah. Did you know that? I didn't. But it's called the Free Winds or the something like that. That's awesome. Got their own cruise ship. And they're going to have their own, and you need to watch these later, and I encourage our listeners to check some of these out. Go to their science, go to the Scientology YouTube page and watch some of their, it's amazing. I'm surprised they don't have a out. network already or haven't had one already, like their own. Yeah. But, but this is going to be like, I don't know if it's going to be like a, a streaming service, I guess, just like everything is now. Damn. So like an actual channel, like a Scientology channel where you can tune in. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> I'll subscribe for a month just to see what it's all about. I would say they would put a good portion of the stuff up on their YouTube channel too. I mean, it appears as if they have already. So well, I, I would like to support the cause with my monthly payment. Right. So. Well, that's what they want you to do. Right. Right. And like one of them was, uh, you know, obviously they had Miscavige. The guy that's in charge of it right now, that little prick. Yeah. Oh, I think his wife is still gone. I don't know. Like his wife disappeared. Have you seen anything about that? Where she like? No. People have been looking for his wife for years. Like they don't know what the hell happened to her. I don't want to talk too uh, disparagingly about the Scientology people because they'll come after us, and everybody knows they'll come after you if you start saying bad things about them. I loved Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> so. That's all the, yeah. Yeah. Old Tommy Cruz, huh? Yeah. That nutball. But, you know, he can make a hell of a movie. I mean, I went into that. Have you seen it? I don't want to sidetrack this. With I've this seen movie, bits and pieces of it. Good. It, was, it doesn't it, matter. It got rave reviews, and I I loved it. I would, I yeah, I mean, I, it. yeah, it kicks ass. It was yeah. like old school movie. It was. I really enjoyed it. But they have their own network now. Well, anyway. They, is that going to be on it? What's that? 
Let be on it. All well, Tom Cruise's catalog and John Travolta's catalog. I'm sure they will play. Be on it. Leah Remini's won't. No, no, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, no, Saved by the Bell, King of Queens, on there. I'll stay on Peacock. Uh, I don't even know if it's going to be like an internet thing or, but I did see the commercial on on television on cable, so that would lead me to believe that it's actually coming to just like a normal cable. So they're just they're out. They are out. Yeah, that's great. They can't be stopped. They have a huge presence uh, in in all over the world, too. Uh, you know, L. Ron Hubbard's tech apparently is to uh, to get you uh, where you need to be. Get those phaetons out of your... Yeah. <laughs> get to the higher higher echelons. Man, well, I'm all for it. If it, if it gets a little bit bigger, I'm in. What about Unarius, though? That just looked like a great time, except for the when you the one you sent me where the the is it, I don't know who it was the woman lead which the leader walked out after the fanfare the uh, the older lady the trumpets oh no it, no no the uh, yeah today the current woman or whatever whoever it was but it was like this there was three guys maybe women with those little trumpets and they dun, 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 and then <laughs> right. no music nothing else and she was slowly walking you could hear like her. Like lapel mic, like she's walking out there in silence because nobody was standing. Nobody there was there at the at uh, the reception of this. Yeah, and they, I think they do that once a year. That's awesome, though. That it's, whole thing. It's it's the um, it's the recognition of like the I th- I don't you know, I'm not a unarious expert here, but it's like recognition of the thirty something, thirty three, thirty seven planets that have life or are are yeah. part of the confederation and they represent them did you watch the whole thing they each one come out and they no i didn't watch the whole thing i was well you're supposed to have watched the whole thing i know i know i still have it on my phone don't worry I'll anyway did you see the part where they all come out and they each rep each person represents one of the planets the known yeah. or like i said part of this confederation uh that of planets right. that are known right. yeah and uh it just that what's interesting about the unarius they, it's if you would look it up on like Wikipedia or something like that. It's a it's a space cult, okay. And a lot of these, even like Scientology, these came around about the same time, and they all have a same sort of similarities to them, okay. In a lot of ways, okay. So, the L. Ron Hubbard was pulling all this shit out of his ass at about the same time. This couple was coming up with. The Unarius religion yeah. seems very sexual. Well, there, that's always the, well the cults. Lots of those cults is always about the leader banging. Right. The, yeah, yeah. This the old woman. That's like God, you know she's getting railed by these new recruits <laughs> or whatever. It's, it's, it's got to be great. It's the one you saw in the video or the original. The original. Right. Yeah. Her husband passed away, I guess, and she kept it going. Yeah. Or he was called to the higher levels oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. whatever was it was up. yeah 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 but I don't like know. It uh, just, is it wrong to think that being a cult leader would rule heaven's gate that's a space cult too there's a whole s- category of these and uh they're fascinating again using the word the, i'm not labeling a cult loosely here okay that's just what they say should yeah. we ever get one of the fine people 
the Unarius religion on our podcast at some point to talk to him. They I, seem they seem to be pretty inviting. That would be awesome to talk to because people just go into their that. home base in San Diego and they just walk right in and start talking to him and they have no problems. Whereas a Scientology place, you can't just go in there and talk no. to anybody. No, I think that's what we need to work on for our next interview. Talk to some Unarius folks. Yep. <laughs> yep. I have a lot of questions. Where do I sign up for one? <laughs> yeah. I want to get on that spaceship. And and the the interesting thing about their when they when they show up, when we have matured enough, because I've watched a lot of Unarius videos, when they show up, they I guess they've purchased some land somewhere in Southern California. All of these spaceships will converge in one onto one location and it will make like this uh like a like a pagoda like a big stack of ships will all and this will be the center of all knowledge yeah yeah can it still take off this is i'm loosely describing what they've talked about and i don't know it as well as someone that's obviously in this religion right but uh yeah you can see the thing on the you know on their website and whatnot. It's this massive, you know, eight, uh, ten-tiered UFO saucer, you know. Man. Yeah. And this will be the center of all knowledge. Everyone will converge on this location to learn the secrets of the universe. I love it. It sounds exciting. It really does. And that's what I want to know. Once they're all connected, like some, like, uh, Transformer UFO... Is it like a generation ship? And we all take off and just you live amongst the stars in one giant ship made of little ones. I hope so. That's what I want. And uh, they seem to be one of the nicer Heaven's Gate, you know, that made the men neuter themselves right. and uh, right. take poison and die. It's no fun. That didn't seem to be the way, you know. Yeah. See, but they were all prepared to do that very thing. I and I think they all did. I know. It's they all ridiculous. got the same haircuts. They put on the same little track suits with the little tennis shoes. I like that. I do like the conformity. <laughs> it leaves all the decision making out. You don't have to think about what am I going to wear? How am I get my hair cut? It's like a you know, like a Catholic school just, uniform. Yeah, it's just done for you. A uniform, right? Costume. And I guess you all had. Everybody has to give their money to the leader, which is ultimately as he would probably he or she would sell it as them. You know, it's going to the cause. Right. It's going into their pockets. Which is yachts. <laughs> right, right. Fun stuff for them. The new age thing is is pretty popular right now. I don't know if you've kind of noticed that. The new age thing has really kind of taken I off. Mean, well, not like recently, like within... I mean, I'm talking within the past few years. It's pretty It's pretty popular. It's coming I got back. my ear to the fucking ground with this shit, man. Yeah. Sounds like it. Oh, Yeah. I haven't heard of Unarius or whatever it is until last night. I mean, I probably talked about it at some point in maybe, our in our maybe. yammering. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of times I don't listen. I know <laughs> you're looking at me, but I can see you're just looking for your opening to say what you want to say. Right, right. That's about it. Yeah, and Jerry- I think that that's probably you're looking for the because we're try- we're both hey. We're both trying to be funny here, right? We're both trying to be informative, funny, combination of the two. Yeah. So we're not, maybe it's going to take another 20 episodes before we're really having a real conversation here, you know? Because there's things I want to say, things you want to say. I want to try and get them in. 
but make it fluid for the listener. Right. Flow and, smoothly and see, from one topic to is, the next. I don't know if people really enjoy this funny 20, dirty 30. In this case, it's I think we're coming up on a power hour. <laughs> so I don't know if people like it or hate it. We'll go another few minutes. I just had a few yeah. things uh, yeah. that I wanted to talk about. That's fine, though, but because we don't... Let me just say this. At first, though, you seem to be more comfortable do- wanting to do this, go this route with this podcast, and I sort of wanted to stick with a sort of regimented, have the information, go, and yeah. I'm getting, I've gotten more comfortable with having a few topics and getting a longer sort of like, just let the people get to know us. Right, and I do like that. I'm a fan of that. And like what we did last episode with a break in between. Yeah. I like that. Which there's going to be with this one too, right? Yes. Okay. More Jacob Perlioni music. But uh, we didn't really talk about the Cosmic Summit thing. I was trying to... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. uh, It was just that uh, I don't know if people were had seen that possibly or because this was a pretty popular event it was happening in an Asheville, which is a few hours away from us not far not far one of the guys the the i guess the guy that actually created this little cosmics and there's a lot of these things where these people go and speak i think the what's the guy's name jimmy corsetti and graham hancock you're familiar with Graham Hancock? I do know that. <laughs> you know Bright Insight. He's one of the guys that's got that channel on YouTube. He's been on yeah. Joe Rogan and stuff talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. ancient mysteries and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's the majority of what was happening here. Uh, like I said, some of our listeners may have even been attending this Cosmic Summit or may have gotten their money back after uh, Graham Hancock and uh, Jimmy S- pulled out. $600? And I'm guessing Jesus. here that's what that was. It could have been actually more. Uh Saw where one guy had posted uh, like a screenshot of his refund, and it was like twelve hundred bucks. That's if that was like two tickets, or if that was one. All of these little conferences like this are very expensive, and I get it. Uh, realistically, they had, um, gosh, I don't know how many speakers they had at this thing. Even with uh, Graham, which he replaced him when when Jimmy when they pulled out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when they decided not to go. Okay. For, eh, I think there was some financial, they they feel as if there were some financial shenanigans taking place there. Maybe this uh, guy that put this thing on wasn't paying them or wasn't Shyster. paying them. Shystering them a little bit, maybe. Yeah. He put out a statement on Twitter. I don't know if I sent that to you, but he wrote a little thing on his website and the Cosmic Summit website, kind of yeah. trying to explain from his perspective what was going on. There was some of that. But then also... I found it interesting that there was, um, and I'm sure if you're listening to us, you're familiar with Graham Hancock, you're also familiar with Randall Carlson. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Graham did not want to be associated, and I think this Jimmy Corsetti guy, the Bright Insight guy, didn't want to be, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, by the way, didn't want to be associated with somebody that could have possibly been associated with some of these other people. I don't know if this guy was attending but apparently he's some sort of a shyster for real. Talking about like free energy and shit like that or from plasmoids. I just briefly looked up this guy, but like he's supposed to be some sort of an oil. He has some money. He's a yeah. con man kind of a guy. Sounds legit. Malcolm. Plasmoids. <laughs> right. I don't I like know the it. specifics. I could have just been pulling that out of my ass, but I yeah. think I saw that somewhere. Okay. But he's basically just trying to... Uh, 
because I don't know if you saw that Randall Carlson, Graham Hancock, Joe Rogan podcast they did last year. I didn't. I didn't listen. To you it. didn't watch that one. No. Randall talked about something. He brought something up during that podcast, and it had to do what maybe this guy is trying to sell. So I think people, from what I saw in the comments and some of the posts on Twitter, he's being rooked. Maybe people think he's being scammed by this guy, and of course people love Randall because he provides so much in the way of his podcasts and his uh, YouTube channel and stuff like that knowledge right yeah albeit you know somewhat falling into the realm of conspiracy theory too but uh and everybody's got their opinion it's his take on right, stuff right right I, I didn't see when he did that podcast with Shermer and that uh geologist guy that he was really uh the geologist dude was had any contention with his understanding of information i just think he had problems with randall's take on you know so i think you know people were just concerned that randall may be getting you know taken by this guy right whose name is malcolm bendel he sounds like a douche they were just worried because in that uh, podcast he was talking about like and this goes back to the construction of ancient megalithic sites yeah. uh how they constructed them and it's like vibration, resonance. Uh, I think even Graham's talked about levitation. Yeah. Was there some sort of lost technology there that we're not familiar with now? Is this how they got those giant megalithic stones to the top of the pyramid? Because, you know, these things are like between 5 and 20 tons, you know? So they they don't believe that they, and I, I don't believe that myself, that they just use conventional methods. Yeah. And this goes back... To aliens and humans living together in the past. Am that I right is, or wrong? That is one theory, yes. How much of that do you believe? Which part of which? About aliens helping build the pyramids. Oh, I'm not one of those guys. Not at all. Nah. Zero. No, I'm not. Okay. What about all the ancient art that shows what looks to be UFOs in the sky? Uh, You know, it could be taken... Any number of ways. Right. I'm not saying that that's not what happened. Right. But I'm simply saying that that's not where I tend to lean with what I've seen and, you know, I got you. read. And uh, just believe, I guess you'd say. That's not what I tend to believe. I know Graham Hancock's not an alien guy. He thinks that there's been enough time, I guess, in humanity to have evolved to a certain point where we could have developed technologies and then a natural disaster, and he's going to that whole thing, the younger Dryas impact, things could have got wiped out. I know. It's still just, it's still to me. And then we had to restart civilization. Society had to essentially restart. Right. The thing about that is, though, what I don't, what I can't grasp is how the hell did we lose some of those important, documents that show historical facts historical historical texts if you will good ones written in just plain english you know right well i guess the argument for that Obviously. would have been that this would have been such a global cataclysmic catastrophe right and especially if you're talking about atlantis okay if right. you go into atlantis and this could have been sort of the 
central hub of civilization, right? The peak at that time, many thousands of years ago, that all of this was lost. I, I See, that's what I don't buy. How? I don't buy it. You don't buy that some sort of massive cataclysmic impact extraterrestrial impact some sort of no well, now i buy it right no i, I, mean, I if i threw it. that in there you would like <laughs> perk up all of a sudden right i buy the impact i buy the society being wiped out not but, just society but greater portion of humanity right and we're talking about what would have been if you're going off of plato's description of it uh an almost an, an entire small continent sinking into the ocean right massive upheaval flooding Are we talking about just atlantis right now uh well i guess atlantis specifically because okay. this would have been that start okay you know this is of course even before sumer and babylon and all of these other civilizations in prehistory this is pre prehistory kind of a thing right and we still have a lot of that stuff in our possession today so that's kind of what you're talking about how to perceive some of these ancient like hieroglyphs and stuff like know, that that look very yeah it just seems like there's going to be some people around still after the event to pass this information on and how the hell does it get lost and i think that's it's so important you know what i mean i think that's what he's talking about though i think that's what a lot of graham's um <clears throat> his point is is a lot of it was passed on through myth and legend right and it's not just you know to take what we can find from the ground in the way of like, oh, here is this type of pottery. This is what we can. There is a place for that, too. But, you know, right. again, he's free and others. You're free to do it. So am I. Just, uh, you know, hypothesize a little bit, you know, go off the rails and just imagine what could have been. It's possible. I know. Just like this Ice Age civilization. Right. Yeah. Atlantis. You're telling me the Atlanteans didn't know enough to throw all the information on a thumb drive and pass that around, pass that along for generations, obviously updating it with the technology as it changed. Maybe that's what they've done, though, by way of what his theory is, dispersing this information all over the world while people made pyramids everywhere, while there's similarities in their art, in their carvings. You know, those mysterious little bags everyone's holding. He, I think true. Graham's, one of his theories is that's, they're symbolizing the spread of knowledge, right? And yeah. there's lots of... Yeah, I did see an interesting image. Mesoamerican um, imagery and stories and myths and legends where they're talking about someone coming from somewhere else yeah. and bringing knowledge to them. Right. Maybe right. that's the way this was, you know... I've I've just always thought there was something to the Atlantis civilization, a lost civilization, because we have so many examples. That's true. I, I don't know why this is such a crazy thing to think. And it's a cool name. Atlantis is about as cool as it gets. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it is the lost civilization. That's true. But there's like But High Brazil. Troy. Right. High Brazil. Yeah. Pompeii. You know? These mm-hmm. were um it was the uh it's not a lost civilization and i think i brought it up before but it was the uh the terracotta soldiers in china you know mm-hmm. there was legend and tale of this army of you know soldiers that the uh i guess the emperor or whatever of china had created but they all 
didn't know that they actually existed because nobody had found them yet. It's like when they found Gobekli Tepe. They say, oh, this is the oldest, you know, there's no way people could have done this at this time period. Then, of course, they find out that they did. Well, this is the one that they've found most recently. Yeah. And sure, it's 13, 14, 15,000 years old. Now just imagine that there could possibly be something like this even older. Yep. Yep. And like Graham always says, you know, and things just keep getting older. They That's keep true. pushing things back. Not just in the fringe, which is where a lot of this stuff falls, but also in the uh, the mainstream. Yeah, you know? man. Yeah. So anyway, there was a little drama there at the Cosmic Summit. I don't know what the reasons were. Some financial, some, you know for fear of uh, associating with somebody that's probably duping people. Yeah, yeah. And I think this guy, from what I read briefly, has some sort of history of of that, you know? Not actually showing or proving that he has any of this equipment and these this machinery to, prov- to pro- like uh, produce limitless energy or whatever. So yeah. I, I don't know the specifics of it. Perhaps some of our listeners will. Yeah, leave a comment. With that information, <laughs> please. Where? It's like on a, the YouTube channel? Yeah, YouTube. iTunes. Or just say TerribleVex.com. hi. Yeah. There you go. Twitter. Uh, not Twitter. I, I started a Twitter again, but I don't use it. Again, I, I, don't, s- I, I hate Twitter. I just use it to read. Um, yeah. You know. We're not very active as a podcast on Twitter. However, no. a lot of people are. And it would probably be a good idea to to do that. Some would say, but I just don't care is, right now. I at this point, I, I just don't. I, know. I can't make myself care either. I feel like we're doing good for what we don't do. I feel the same you way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you know what? I think that's all I got. It's all okay. It's a that's some fun stuff. We bounced around. I have no problem with that. Sweet power hour. Yeah. I love it. Well, that's been probably, what, another hour on the old Rendlesham? Shit. Oh, boy. Shit. Yeah. I mean, it, it could go on for much longer, probably. We'll see. Not us. I'm just saying in general, because the topics are endless. They this are. new shit keeps coming to light. Yeah, but you know, like, I have to like get some of these out because we go so far between uh, right. episodes. Um, yeah. There's always been some... And if anybody didn't know about any of this stuff and they were interested in it, they'd go find it out, because I always enjoy... Hearing some juicy shit to these little factoids, you know? Fun facts. Obama re- being related to all these presidents, all these guys. Yeah, I dig it. All right, so we're going to take a little break ski? Yeah, we're going to take a little break ski. All right. I'm going to get some more coffee. All right. I'm going to get Diet Coke. Maybe go wee wee. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be back with Rendlesham, the Rendlesham Forest Incident. In also known as Britain's Roswell. Stay right there. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Back again. Hope you enjoyed that little break there. That's for us, wasn't <laughs> it? was all right. We had some, we had some fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Rendlesham Forest incident. Where do you want to start with this? Nobody knows anything about it. Uh, Well, see, that's the thing. I I guess the basic info to start people out. 
Yeah. A lot of this, though, a lot of people do know, apparently. Because I, when, when I said you want to do a UFO alien episode, you said, sure. Yeah. And I just randomly picked Rendlesham, a popular one that I didn't really know a lot about until I started looking into it. And I did know a little bit about it. But apparently it's the, it's if one of, if not the best documented UFO encounters. We called it uh, the Roswell, it's England. Britain's Roswell. So that would imply that it's a very well-known. Very well-known. Incident that took place over there. Yes. And in 1980, so fairly recently. Yeah, more current. Yeah. More documentation, more uh-huh. uh, firsthand account, obviously. And evidence. Like audio, There's this 18-minute audio tape recorded on the evening by a lieutenant colonel. He's a colonel in the United States Air Force. Which I, I listened to some of it. Yeah. Yeah. You can find some. Yeah. On yeah. the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. And I think I'm going to I'm gonna include it at the end of this. If somebody when, hasn't heard it and wants to. Yeah. When we're done, we're, I'm just gonna, it's just 18 minutes of the actual radio transmissions from Lieutenant Colonel Halt's cassette recorder that he always carried with him, apparently. Because he was just like that. He was that kind of a guy. The 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 audio recording thing. Wonder you know it's like, but nice if they'd had a video camera. Yeah, be- because now they're just you have an audio tape. You're just, I could just be saying anything and I making know. shit up I as know. they're walking through the woods or walking in a parking lot somewhere. So there is that. That was my first thought. It's like, oh man, it's an audio tape. I know, I know, but I have heard rumors. That there was a camera involved, and one of the men involved uh, had a has a roll of film, and during the debriefing, he f- didn't mention that to his superiors because he didn't. There's a lot of things they don't mention. Didn't want to, to their get superiors confiscated or uh, fear for their career, embarrassment, stuff like that. They say it's kind of weird. That tends to follow, uh, especially uh, in the earlier days there. I say earlier days. This was 1980. 1980. So really that sort of kicked off after Roswell in 47. Right. Um, you know, it's still quite possible. You couldn't just go run on, running your mouth about having uh, something like this happen to you. That's if you're true. a pilot. Uh, yeah. Of course, now it's all over the place, right? So but, yeah, You're an idiot if you don't believe in it. Right. Yeah. Josh? Hey. Let's see. I didn't believe <laughs> I want to believe. Ooh, <laughs> the same documentary as Final Frontier, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, so this one it occurs over there in the in the UK, Suffolk County, of somewhere over there in England. Am I right or wrong? Sure, Suffolk County. Suffolk. Yeah, it was Suffolk. two uh, Royal Air Force bases that were under United States Air Force control. I think they said, "What is it in every in everything but name?" They were United States Air Force bases, run by United States Air Force. Everything you know, and they were two. They were uh, RAF Royal Air Force Bentwaters and Woodbridge, and in between the two of them, they're very close, a couple hundred yards apart. Uh, in between the two is about six square miles of this forest, kind of around the bases too, Rendlesham Forest. Right. Yeah. Pine forest, Corsican pines, if you want to. 
you know, <laughs> get a, get exact here. But from what I heard, it's a nice it, detail to include. Yeah, from what I heard, it was like, it was like a forced. You know, they would they would plant it, cut it down, plant it, cut harvest, it down, harvest, harvest. Yeah, yeah. But what you said you heard different. That some of it just got knocked down in a storm and they replanted. Yeah, that there was some sort of storm that came around in like '87 or something like that, and that was from the book, which I will provide you. The name of this was during my research encounter in the Rendlesham Forest by Nick Pope. Yeah. Um, and I guess John Burroughs and uh, Jim Penniston were yeah, there. They were there. Uh, also worked on this book mm-hmm. in conjunction with Nick Pope. Mm-hmm. Nick Pope used to work for the Ministry of Defense, the UFO desk, I think, like something like that. He was in charge of this stuff. It was kind of like their version of... Uh, uh, the X-Files? Yep. Yeah. Blue Book. <laughs> oh. Blue Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue Book? Is that right? Why does that sound wrong? I Project think, Blue I think Book? that's right. Sound like an idiot. Yeah, they, whatever. He's looking at fucking aliens, okay? But yeah, this book, I think that's where we got most of our information from, is from I think that from actually that had book. Seven na- several names, too. Yeah. So yeah, they got these two Air Force bases, and uh, yeah, like I said, United States Air Force run... And on the, I'm just going to get right into the first night. This thing, t- this event takes place over two evenings. Three days, two evenings. Couple of days. Yeah. So, December 26th, 1980. I've heard varying stories on the hours. Early, just after midnight to 3 a.m. Which, I, mostly I hear 3 a.m. is when all this started. Right? Works for me. <laughs> You're looking at me like. Like you heard something different, but you didn't. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. All right, so here we go. It's got this. 3 a.m. in the forest, right? <laughs> Round back of uh, RAF Woodbridge is a gate known as the East Gate. That's what they, it was. Apparently, it's it's like everything it was always capitalized, the East Gate. Like it was a thing they called it, right? <laughs> everything you saw. Yeah. So, uh, making a point to, yeah. Yep. So we got Airman First Class John. Burroughs, he's on security patrol at the East Gate. I'm going to put echo sound effect in that. And he sees flashing blue and red lights in the sky coming down towards the forest, Rendlesham Forest. And so he immediately calls his supervisor, and that man was Staff Sergeant Bud Steffens. Bud comes on out. And they're like, what could this be? Possibly a downed aircraft? That's what that's what they theorize immediately. Is that it, uh, like not a military aircraft, more like a civilian aircraft, perhaps? What was that guy's name again? Bud Steffens. My notes are always garbage. It's his supervisor. Right, just so I know. Yeah, so he shows up there. They, they're, and they're like, all right, let's get in the top of the truck. We're going to go look for this downed aircraft. This, that, and the other. Then all of a sudden, in the trees, they see... They're going through these trails, first of all. They're kind of... They're in a truck, a Jeep. They're like hiking trails, rutted out. They're not really bad. So a lot of times, they get off and get on foot, and that comes into play later. So really, the trails going through here aren't really all that... They're not meant for cars, okay? So they see a white light, very bright white light, going through the trees. And they decide... 
we're gonna go call this in to you know the, the higher ups, let them know what's going on. They they reason they go back to the gate is they want to call it. They don't want to radio it in because they don't want to get you know it's very unse- insecure, unsecure. You know what I'm saying? Is it insecure? Insecure. Insecure. It's very insecure. So after they get the runaround for a little bit, they got to go through multiple channels. They finally a man named Staff Sergeant Jim. Peniston is called, and he is all about down planes, search and rescue stuff. He knows what he's looking for when it comes to that. So he gets a man named Edward Cabinsag, Airman First Class Edward Cabinsag, and they all go to the gate. I've got that name. Yeah, Cabinsag. Yeah. All right, Airman First Class Ed. Yep. So they all arrive at the gate. They meet up with uh, Burroughs. And Penniston asks about the plane crash, and then Bud Steffens says, and this is a quote that's that's a big thing. Penniston remembers this. He says, it didn't crash, it landed. Ooh. So Penniston's like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? So Penniston, he calls Master Sergeant J.D. Chandler, who is air traffic control. He's a flight chief of both RAF Woodbridge and Bentwaters. So he would know if something was flying around, right? Right. He doesn't know of anything up in the air. So he calls around to some neighboring, you know, further away bases, and he and Heathrow Airport in London. He even gets in touch with them, air traffic control. And from what I was, what I read, which this part is iffy. Some say this isn't true, and some say that the only piece of information that he got from Heathrow was that they tracked a bogey in the area of RAF Woodbridge and Bentwaters, and it disappeared directly over Woodbridge 15 minutes before he called, which is fishy, which means they saw something on radar crash at Woodbridge, which right. is where they are, looking at all these lights, and they're like, what the heck? Pardon my French. Uh, it's saying that there's uh, some documentation there that uh, something was in the air. Right. But that, from what I can tell, is questioned by some people some people say that never happened this whole account of of a bogey being tracked on radar by Heathrow Airport gotcha yeah may have not actually happened at all right that whole end of the things right so at this point they decide to get back in the truck they're going out looking for this thing so Chandler J.D. Chandler Jim Penniston John Burroughs and Ed Cabinsag hop in the truck Bud decides to stay behind some theorize it's because there were weapons in the truck, or in, I'm sorry, in the shack, and somebody needed to stay with the weapons. Some say he was a scaredy cat. He was scared to go out there. But nobody knows for sure. Bud stayed behind. <laughs> would you have gone out? Of course. I know. I don't see what the problem would be. I mean, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, how bad could it really be? You're you're on a on a military base, so right. you're, you know. Fairly safe. Yeah. So go for it. Yep. All right. So they're uh, back on the trail, driving in the truck. They're radioing to Steffens and to base, and the radios start going a little crazy, malfunctioning. They're breaking up. They're not really getting, you know, getting getting bad. Again, like I said, the pathways were not really meant for trucks, so they decide to go on foot. Chandler stays behind. To relay radio transmissions. They're just making like a little 
you know, relay stops. So Chandler stays behind. Peniston, Burroughs, and Cabin Sag keep going towards the lights they can see through the trees. Uh, and then again, about halfway to those lights, radios start fucking up again. Pardon my French. We got a review that says I swear too much, <laughs> even though I tone it way down for this. Way, way down. So You and I both. Yeah. Anyways, so they're caca, going caca mouth. Yeah. They're going they're going back for these lights and again halfway through radio start breaking up. So this time cabin sag stays as the relay. He goes to Chandler, Chandler goes to the base and Stephens, right? Right. Now, at this point the lights are kind of stationary in a little little clearing. Uh Jim Penniston, John Burroughs, they are walking towards this clearing where they see these lights kind of just all in one spot. And this is when they said that the air around them became statically charged. The hairs on their arms and necks stood up, you know. Uh, they also said that it became hard to move. This is a quote from Penniston. It was like walking through deep water, which is weird. A lot of resistance. That is unusual. I mean, what would you do in that situation? Would you keep going? Because you've been... Speaking of what's about to happen, you've been in the woods with some creepy shit's gone down. Uh, you know, just that one major instance where... Com- complete silence. Where, t- where I walked into what felt like, you know, sort of a uh, an area of just total silence. Everything stopped, essentially. It's like time froze while hiking alone on a, uh, on a trail. Yeah far away which is ridiculous and that was was that during the day because i know you go off at night sometimes which is dumb yeah it was uh you know it was probably in the neighborhood of 10 or 11 i'm guessing in the morning all right so that's not too bad but it was but foggy and uh you know there was no it wasn't sunny or anything like that so it was a cloudy day it was foggy up up there it was yeah. on a mountaintop and I've never experienced that particular situation. Did I feel like I was walking through water? No. Was everything silent? And was it a, sort of an eerie feeling that sort of washed over me? Yes. Yes. And you, walk, I walked into it, and then I walked out of it. So. Okay. So like it was, there was definitely a defined area where you in and out of it. As best as I could tell. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they're having trouble walking. They come to this clearing. And they see it's like this bright white light, this an orb kind of just sitting there in the clearing. And all of a sudden, silent, completely silent, this ex- massive explosion of light, bright white light. They hit the dirt, right? Thinking debris is going to come at them, whatnot. Uh, nothing happens. Just, just bright light. So Penniston, he gets up, he looks over, he sees Burroughs standing there just in a beam of light. From above, he said, but there was nothing above him, which is which is odd, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's all getting pretty strange. Yep. This isn't a normal everyday occurrence, right? Right, right, right. So then he's like, he's, he's like, John, John, Johnny. He calls him, you know, and nothing. He's just Burroughs is just like kind of like just zonked out. He's not making sounds. He's just kind of. He's just not frozen. Yeah, he's not saying anything. He doesn't look doesn't look scared, doesn't look hurt. He's just, just sitting there. Yeah. Like a lump on a log. You know that expression. So uh Penniston then he's like, What the heck? And he looks over at the clearing. 
black triangular craft sitting there right in the middle of it it's it's either hovering or standing on legs he doesn't quite know which is weird and also this is the point where he's like he notices the ships there in his head he's like there should be some kind of a sound coming from this then he notices not only is the craft not making any noise there's nothing it's completely silent like he's in some kind of a zone of silence you know <laughs> very much like what i experienced this where you're yeah yeah, yeah. so all sound you, has been muted you might have been right near something that was going down you didn't even know you or something right was by. about to go down yeah yeah so yeah he looks at this craft it's about three meters high that's nine feet ten inches for normal people and three meters wide at the base of the tr- of the triangle on the on the sides of it it's a bank of blue lights and on the top of it one bright white light and it, it, there's pictures of like a actually have you seen the images of what this craft supposedly looked like the the recreation of it i don't think i did it looks like something from a like doctor 1950s doctor who <laughs> thing. There's a there's a, right now in Rendlesham. There's the UFO show. You can go and hike it and stuff. And there's like this recreation. You can stand by it and you know whatever. But it looks so dumb. Like it's it does not look like a futuristic kick ass time travel ship that you're you're imagining. It's it looks dumb. Retro futurism is a subreddit that I follow. That's <laughs> what it looks like. It's like something from the forties that somebody thought something the 80s would look like. Like the Unarius uh, religion, that they've gone off this old, yeah, old style. Yeah. 1950s style. Yeah. Everything. All of the all of the ships and yeah, they've got a retro vintage kind of look to them. Yep. It's 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 like the the triangle ship and then it's got like a He's looking it up I'm, right I'm now. I'm looking it up right now just so we can get a Josh uh reaction here because it it looks like a dang how would you describe that looks like an iron it looks like an iron looks like an old school one piece like iron your clothes just a and this is actually there you can go and see it yeah that's actually there right now just look up rendlesham craft sculpture to be installed at the forest site yeah i mean it's based on peniston's drawings but uh it's it just it's not cool looking. Sort of, kind yeah. That's uh, <laughs> it's stupid. Ever seen Flight of the Navigator? Yeah, it's not. It's just a dumb looking machine. I mean, it's just a little piece of junk. Yep, yep. So that's what he sees. It's got blue lights on it, and a white light at the top of the crown there. Which, if you look at it, you'll see what what that kind of means. And uh, as he gets as he approaches it, he he notices that there are symbols along the side of it that look like hieroglyphs. Which is very strange. You right? Stretching. Oh. So, you know, he's looking at Why these, is that strange? I mean, I just would imagine... Uh, Aerodynamics. I mean, they wouldn't just, want the stuff a, on the outside. It's an odd thing to have on the outside of a ship of any kind. Oh, you, you wonder why he made that up then. <laughs> hey, this part I don't know if I think is made up yet. Oh, they've even added them there on the uh, on the side. Yeah, they're there. Look at that. And he made drawings, and you know, I'm gonna we'll, we'll get all this up on the old Instagram. 
when we post about this episode. Yes, because I got that. all those images. But yeah, so he gets close to it. He, he looks at these these glyphs, whatever, and he um, he touches the ship and he says it feel it feels like glass. There's like it's cool to the touch, right? No seams, no welds, no bolts, nothing. It's just smooth, opaque, black glass. And the, here's the weird part, the weirder part: the glyphs. When he runs his fingers over the glyphs, feel like sandpaper. So they're it's a completely different texture. So he runs along like he's like walking along the side of it, and he's like brushing his hand over, you know, running like as you would. And he he touches the last glyph in the row, right? Is it a glyph? Sure. It just sounds that sounds that's a dumb word. Is that what they're saying in the? Um, I don't know. Most most people describe them as glyphs. Yeah, icon symbol. Graffiti. He touches it with the bright white light on top. Right. It gets way brighter and it's like blinding bright. He takes his hand off. The light dims back down. The ship slowly raises off the ground. Silently. Completely silently. Makes its way through the trees for two or three minutes to get clear into the sky. And then he takes off. And at Penniston has a notebook. He's that's when he's jotting all this down. And he, as he watched it, he watched it take off at an incredibly fast rate of speed. So fast, in fact, that he what he jotted down in his notebook was. <laughs> you ready for this? Speed impossible. Ooh. Yeah. And this is a guy that knows Air aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. Sees him every day. Every day. He works around. He, he, he salvages them and what? I was gonna say shit. I said, was it changed to what? <laughs> so, for the sensitive listeners, yeah, ship's gone. He then he's like, I'm gonna go check on Burroughs. He goes back and he checks on him. Burroughs is, you know, he the thing about Burroughs is he was out this whole time in that beam of light, right? But he does claim to see a white light streak off into the sky. That's all he remembers from this incident. This episode, Peniston is the one that had the crazy encounter. Burroughs just got locked in some light. Couple, you know, couple seconds, minutes go by, then he's back, right? Uh Penniston kind of, you know, tells them what's going on. They go back in the clearing and look for evidence of the craft. They spot three indentations in the ground. Now, this is where it gets I don't know, for me. Three indentations triangular in shape. I'd say that's going to be any three indentations, right? I mean, you can kind of picture a triangle with any three. Okay, yeah. Right? But, of course, these fit exactly where the craft's points were, according yeah. to Penniston. Okay. Are you buying any of this? You you sound skeptical. <laughs> uh, well, anytime you're going off someone's account of something... Right. Doesn't matter who they are in the military. Okay, and this is just a lowly, you know, airman. Airman, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what if it was a lieutenant colonel? Would that up his uh, testimony at all to you? Well, I mean, they're the base commander, right? He was lieutenant, right? Exactly, lieutenant. You colonel. knew where I was going with that, yeah. right? Yeah, I knew where you were going with that. Yep. So they go but back. But he wasn't there. He didn't see any of this. Not at this. At this point, he was not there. He was just doing whatever he was doing. 
at the base. Right. Yeah. Still reliant upon these two gentlemen. Right. Right. Uh, so they go, they look for the, they find the indentations in the ground. And it was December, cold ground. They say that it's going to take a lot of weight to put something like that in frozen soil. Uh, they look up in the trees, there's broken branches, and then they see gouges in the trees around the site as well. The clearing, right? This thing hit trees. This thing hit trees. It made it all the way from wherever, but it's going to get bungled up in some trees, which another thing I find weird. And it has landing gear, but it can fly. I know. That's another thing, too. Like Talk about that retro <laughs> future. It needs some kind of legs instead of just silently hovering. Hovering. Yeah. It can fly completely silent. But then again, maybe that's like the bane of everybody's existence is we can't just hover. We can't do it. We just we can't get there yet. Everybody wishes they could. Yeah. And it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, they have stupid-looking janky legs down. Janky of legs. all our craft. So It's got landing gear. It has to retract. Yeah. But, it can... but nobody saw it. That's the thing. They they always say it, I, it was hovering or on legs. So I mean, maybe the indentations could have been some sort of like force field kind Power. of... Power. Yeah. I don't know, though. A thruster. I know. I... You think we'd be there now? We've I would think so. Yeah, but well, these aren't us. These people. It's these funny. Aren't it's humans. funny you say people. Some people think they may be from the future. Mm-hmm. Time travelers, and there's a reason for that, and I'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> when, like, yeah. like if you're thinking to yourself right now, this this is this seems kind of crazy. How can this incident be as important to the UF right. ufology community right. well, this all, as it is? What I've told you so far has all happened on one night in 1980. And there's new shit has come to light all the way up to 2015. So right. it's still coming out. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. What? No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to continue this evening. We're almost done with the first night. Uh, so they find all that evidence in the trees. They get back to Cabin Sag and Chandler. They're at the gate. And guess what? Guess what, Josh? What's that? There's six other dudes there ready to form a search party to go looking for them. Guess why? Why's that? Missing time. Ooh. Turns out what they thought was just a couple minutes, they've been gone 45 minutes Missing for 45 minutes. Which, if I'm not mistaken, is quite common. Very. In the um, sort of encounter with possible extraterrestrial mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Uh, any sort of uh, encounter like that, there's normally some sort of time yeah. discrepancy between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, you know, they get back and then, you know, they have to talk to their superiors and whatnot and so on and so forth. And uh, so Penniston remembers, uh, you know, Seen the flash of light, all that stuff that I just told you. That's that's Penniston's story, and he's sticking to it. All Burroughs remembers is the f- the flash of light when they both hit the ground, and then a light taken off up into the sky. And to him, that was like seconds, a minute maybe, which is crazy. And uh, Penniston's theory, which I know you're into this time dilation, distortion stuff. That's Penniston's theory. Time travelers. Time distortion field you walked into. They walked into, I guess. 
Yes, I'm fascinated so by this when possibility. It went, when it went quiet, that was some sort of feel that the ship, the craft, the was... craft of unknown origin, C-O-U-O. That's a new one for <laughs> There's always these new yep. acronyms coming out. Yep, yep. And like UAPs is the newest. Yeah. Uh, well, not super new, but it's newer. Right? It's yeah, it's what everybody's going to. Yeah, yeah. It's getting just as ridiculous as UFO now, though. And they'll make something else new yeah. in a few years, yeah, a decade or so. C O U O. Sounds good. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> so check this out, though. You want to hear something really odd about the time? <laughs> Always. Both Penniston and Burroughs had watches on, and they were both behind by 45 minutes. What the hell is that about? Could somebody know this that's into uh, UFOs and uh, extraterrestrial encounters? Fabricate a whole Turn big, your watch back 45 minutes? Perhaps. I mean, that's a po- I'm throwing it out there. I don't know that... Uh, I'm I'm going to be the uh, devil's advocate here. I'm going to be the naysayer in this episode. Mm-hmm. Just because again it's coming from two people, but right. And you got to have you got I think it's it's proper to be more spectacle. <laughs> As I said that, I knew it was incorrect. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in though. I just need to swap the the K and the P around. Uh, skeptical. There we go. Skeptical. Spectacle. What an asshole. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, you know they went did their old debrief and all that, and uh, Penniston was so taken by the events, he went back the next day, made plaster impressions of the indentations in the ground. Wasn't there some sort of a? Um uh, didn't they take some sort of a meter to see if there was any sort of radioactive uh, material or I know readings on, left? On the second night, I know that a Geiger came Sorry, I'm getting brought. ahead of ourselves no, I'm just, here. I'm jumping no, ahead a bit. You are correct. You're correct. But also, the second night, uh, which I'll tell you about in a second, okay. John Burroughs, he could not get the events out of his mind. He couldn't. He was having trouble sleeping. So he wanted to go back to the site as well. And they, were, he, they were drawn. I remember in that book they were talking about how they were sort of drawn to it. They were compelled yeah. to go back. Yep, yep. And, to uh, that location. Yeah, so Burroughs did come back to the base the night of the 27th, but he was unaware, completely unaware, that he was walking into a minefield. More C-O-U-O activity. Right? And apparent from what I gather, also, um, it's about that first night. There were like dozens of sightings and conf- confirmed sightings of people that saw the lights in the sky, so, not the flashes and the missing time, but just stuff in the sky. Yeah, because this these bases they're not in some far off, distant, remote location. There, I mean, there's yep. town close by, yeah, or towns, yeah, and uh, plenty of farms and mm-hmm. other homes mm-hmm. around. So. That was going to be actually, just because it wasn't really talked about in some of the stuff that I looked at, the one book that I read, other uh, people seeing this thing, or things, right? Yeah. So there were other people. 
That's true. A lot. Oh, good. A bunch. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, at the very least, it does confirm that more than likely, no matter what you say about their story, from where it went into the wild and wacky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something was probably flying. Something. It's, it's, again, it's the same thing. Like with aerial school, something happened. We just don't know what for sure. Although with aerial school, I think it is a lot more realistic and believable than. Even though it's children, it's a lot of kids. Yeah, 60-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And all telling the same exact story. This is crazy. And the alien had a hairdo, if I recall correctly. And he was uh, moonwalking. Yeah, that's right. In a jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else we got here? Uh, the A lot of this new stuff comes out, right? Like, like from halt and all that which we'll get to him in a little bit but so that was the they, that was the the bulk of the of the incident the first night's incident yes okay yeah and you know that was just a quick you know bullet pointed story but uh very good you know there's there's a lot to the, the next night as well which that's where the tape comes from the recording yeah and then when you get, you know, higher up people involved and stuff like that. Gotcha. Are you wanting to go to and the second night now? Do you have anything you... I was going to say, a lot of the stuff, what they, the new stuff that's that's coming out, the reason that they weren't made public at first, theorized, of course, they, Penniston is saying, Halt is saying that a lot of the reports that were submitted, the blotters, which I guess is just a daily record of stuff like that they all went missing yeah i had that in my notes uh yeah which lent itself to sort of being like a cover-up immediately right where they were trying to uh downplay Mm -hmm. and um yeah just sort of uh come on guys forget about this thing just you know yeah and it's uh when penniston was on his way there his superiors, they weren't telling him anything. They were just saying, go meet Burroughs and Steffens, go meet Burroughs and Steffens. They were being very vague, like they knew what was going on, and they didn't want to broadcast it over a radio that anybody can listen to. Yeah. Which I'm- is kind of weird. To, or else, if they thought, if they knew it was like a civilian air crash, they would just be over the radio, just, hey, just uh, civilian airplane down, go assist with any, whatever. But uh, they didn't. They were very vague. Peniston thinks on purpose. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does seem like, you know, there was there was something going on. That uh, I guess you read when you were, you know, researching all this. The MOD uh, investigation. Mm-hmm. They were talking about it being a mess. Uh, wrong dates. Uh, film yeah. not developed. Uh, yeah. Communications. Uh, I guess they were sort of... And none of it really worked all incorrect that Incorrect well. in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of missing... Especially there's a memo that Colonel Halt put out. It's called the Halt Memo. It's available on the internet. But the date's wrong on that front because it was it was made two or three weeks after the actual event. He just did it just to get it out in the record. They wanted some sort of record from him. So weeks later, he puts this memo out. It's already dated wrong. So on the 29th, I think is when he dated it. 
And uh, from the book, the guy, the Nick Pope, the author, was uh, theorizing that perhaps that would have come from any sort of uh, FOIA request. If you're making wrong dates, then whatever it is people are asking for, which I have to get, I guess you have to be pretty specific when you're asking for documents, if there's anything related to such an incident, it uh, wouldn't be released if there were, if there were something, a report, uh, whatever. Right, right. Because you've put the wrong dates, whatever. It's going to get lost in all the uh, paperwork. Yeah, that and, you know, the more, if you're looking into this and you see the wrong dates, weird stuff, you just think it's, it's, it's more, it's getting more and more bullshitty. You know what I'm saying? It's not that professional. Maybe these documents aren't all that great. I don't know. Just something, something to think about, I guess. You know? Right, right. Yeah. <sighs> So, yeah, I mean, there's more to what happened on the first night, but I think I'm going to save that for after the second night happens. All right. Because this is just one day later, the evening and early morning, 28th, late night, 27th, right? You cool with that? Yep. Yeah, okay. Let's just do it. Let's just get both nights out. Um. So... This is Colonel Charles Halt, deputy base commander of both bases. And it's also worth noting that these bases were rumored to have nuclear weapons at them. That's interesting. Right. So this guy, he's in charge of two bases that have nukes, which is, that's that's a that's a big deal. Well, he's trusted, responsible. Yeah, it has knows to what do he's with doing. their reputation and their, yeah, yeah. Their uh, to being able to yeah, mm-hmm. can you take their word uh, from whatever this incident was and, and apply yeah that yeah. sort of yeah and from what I read in that Nick Pope book Halt was he was the kind of guy he was a uh, was it an, uh, an enlisted men's colonel or something like that he was he was always around everybody record he always had that tape recorder with him he was always creep man want to get down in the dirt with them he didn't he wasn't just a guy in the office oh yeah 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 yeah. he was like just him as a person yeah he didn't uh rule from afar he was yeah an everyday sort of a guy yep he was down there with them which is why i guess he went out the second night but uh uh colonel halt is at a combat support group awards dinner at a woody's bar on one of the bases and uh Door opens up during one of the speeches, and Lieutenant Bruce England, he's the, he's the on-duty shift commander, uh, took Halt aside and just said, it's back. And Halt's like, what's what's back? You know, he didn't know what the hell's going on. He heard about uh, all that stuff the previous night, but he was just, yeah, whatever. And he said, the UFO is back. Right? Right. So Halt's like, God. He just had his whiskey. You know, he's got his drink. He doesn't want to go out there. So he informed his superior, who's at the dinner with him. And guess what the superior does? What? Tells him to go out there and check it for himself. <laughs> what a pain in the ass. Shit runs downhill. Classic scenario of that, right? Classic. Colonel, Colonel's getting told, go check it out. So he goes to the base, assembles a small team, changes his clothes, I'm assuming, from his nice awards dinner attire. Uh, he goes himself. He gets that Lieutenant Bruce England, who was a shift commander on charge. They got him. He also gets Sergeant Monroe Nevels. And he's a uh, he's a guy that's in the disaster preparedness group. 
and he brings along a camera and his Geiger counter. Ah. He's a photographer, not for the military. He just fancies himself a photographer, a photog, like yourself. Eh. So he grabs his camera and uh, his Geiger counter, and he goes. And he also gets uh, man, uh, Master Sergeant Bobby Ball, which is a cool name. Master Sergeant Bobby Ball. I love it. Anyways, he's a flight chief. <laughs> they all get gathered by halt to go. And what I'm about to just run through here real quick can all be heard on the halt tape, which, like I said earlier, is going to be the last 18 minutes of what you're listening to. So if you hate what I'm saying right now, just go to the very end, rewind 18 minutes, and then listen to that. And that's <laughs> actually what happened. You can hear it for real. I think it's on the wiki page too, right? Yeah, but all what I did with this one is I applied a filter to it in GarageBand that made it sound so much better, in my opinion. Nice. But if you hate the way it sounds, it's on Wiki. Just go to the Wikipedia page. It's right and, there. And uh, I don't think that one's too good. I think I listened to the one it's on, on uh, yeah, I listened yeah. to the one on YouTube, and I think maybe somebody else had done something to that one too because it sounded better. Yeah. You couldn't understand the one on the Wiki page for whatever reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, good work. That's going Thank above you. and beyond. Thank Justin. you. I'm doing this for the love of the game, like we said earlier. Yep. Yeah. Didn't get paid for that. No financial motivation here. Yeah. So check this out. I found this very cool. What halt the some of the other he, uh, equipment he gathers? Yeah. First of all, he gets light alls, which they, that term comes up a lot. And then all that is that's floodlights on a tra- like a little trailer to be hauled behind a truck or something. Yes. You see those all the time. They call them light alls. So when you hear that in the tape, that's what he's talking about. They also brought something called a starlight scope. Are you familiar with that? No. You are. Night vision goggles. But how much cooler is Starlight Scope? And I'm going to start using that from now on. Because I love that. The Starlight Scope. Give me the Starlight Scope. Because <laughs> you'll have so many opportunities to use it. I know. Yeah. They're not that noticeable on your face. There's some stepbrothers. You ever see that? I've seen that movie once. Oh, man. You're missing out. All right. He puts the he puts the night vision goggles on, right? And they're like, "How cool are these?" And you know, they're obviously noticeable on your face. I'm talking uh, about Step Brothers. Yes. And he goes, "You know what's crazy?" Is, like I said, I've seen that once a long time ago. I don't remember really anything about that movie. Sorry. Not a huge Will Ferrell fan, right? That is Will Ferrell. Here's the thing. You really need to start getting your shit together with movies. <laughs> right especially these newer ones that are coming out no i gave up on i don't watch anything past 2008 That's, see but you're missing out on some good stuff quality entertainment ah true detective i did watch that came out 2014 so that doesn't count but yeah was, uh, i don't care anymore so you know i say that pop culture is dead you, to me but i haven't watched anything lately either really been reading lately First Step Brothers is how old is that? Two thousand three, I'm gonna guess. So yeah, something like that. Never really like Will Ferrell though. That's weird to me, especially during the heyday. I didn't think he, he was. was funny. He was on top of the world there for a while. He was. Yeah, the he comedy, was. the comedy torch was was his for a while. Absolutely. Then Adam McKay is now doing all those serious, like the Big Short and. 
what's that? Don't look up, which actually wasn't that bad. Meryl Streep was in it. Leo about the comet hitting the Earth. Oh yeah, it's a yeah, Netflix yeah. movie. Didn't watch that either, huh? No, no, haven't seen that either. <sighs> Sorry. All right. Day two. Let's get back to it. Halt right. gets the light alls order. You know, he's, he orders them to come along. Uh, right at this, the tape starts with them not working properly. And again, there's confusion with that. Like, what could that have been? Most likely, a cor- because you can hear Halt say, "Get them refueled." You know, and let's let's get them back out here. And there was a guy who worked in like the motor pool. And apparently at this point, he was saying when they came back to get the light alls refueled, there were trucks he's never seen before and just chaos. Everybody's getting light alls. Nobody really knew what the hell was going on. There was confusion back at the base. So you have these four guys out here with Halt, three guys with Halt going out there, and then chaos at the base, right? Which is, uh, why? Why I know. is there so much chaos? I don't, I have more questions, every, yeah. you know, with this than I can. Well, you sh- ask them as I go. And if I have an answer, I'll tell you. But if not, it's just something good to put out there. We can speculate. That's, there's lots of speculation <laughs> with this. There is. Also at this this point, this is when Burroughs, when I told you you couldn't sleep earlier, you want to go back to the base, he arrives on base and he hears that they're out there there's another event happening he went he it's he radios somebody radios for him to see if he can join halt says no you stay stay out of it no we don't we don't need you so he does for the moment but for right now halt and his team they go in the forest and they go to the same clearing where the previous night's events occurred. And Halt wants Nevels with his Geiger counter to take some readings. And they the radiation readings do spike slightly above the indentations in the ground. Which is pretty cool. Something happened. Something there, right? Something. Something is there. This couldn't have been some other form of radiation or... Uh Somebody well, reading something incorrectly or using an instrument incorrectly or we might be getting to that later. Uh, but I'm always jumping ahead. Well, I just figured you can we can we can say it though. Neville's wasn't all that well versed in that model of Geiger counter. And you can hear that in the tape too. It's kinda like he he says something like, Oh, this thing's tricky, isn't it? Or he, he's something like that. You can hear him talking about the Geiger counter being iffy to him. You know what the heck he's doing, you know? Obviously not something you use every day. Right. So uh, they do the depressions. They see the broken branches. They see the gouges in the trees, and they take samples of the bark and the sap. You can hear him say, get some of the sap in there, too, in, I guess, bottles or whatever they got. Right. Then Halt says, get that starlight scope out and uh, check out the forest and uh, see if there's any... You know, anything you see, you can see what you can see. Lights, they came out here for lights to begin with, right? Lights on, they see at the, they immediately see some hot spots in the trees, some bright points all around them in the trees. And the animals start going crazy at this point, too, all just out of nowhere. He says it's from a neighboring barn, like the farm animals are going just ape shit. And the muntjac deer. 
muntjac deer, which I've never heard of. I didn't even know. I guess it was an, a, a species that's not native to England that was brought in at some point. That. Yeah. Yeah. And they make a little weird noise. They sound like a like a scream almost. Yeah. Yeah. But I, again, they're also nocturnal. So there are theories that say that perhaps these things are just getting spooked by everything going on, like the lights. The There's quite a bit of activity. People out there. Maybe they're just... Get away. That's what how they're yelling. That's what they're yelling to each other, but we can't understand them, obviously. Yeah. Because they're talking an animal language. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, so they then they see a red light just start glowing in the tree with a yellowish tinge, and it starts uh, approaching the men. And what they notice also is that pieces are falling off. It looks like molten metal is kind of just falling off it as it's going through the trees. So... That's odd. Uh, that is not normal. It doesn't happen with with our craft unless something's going really wrong. Not to my knowledge. Yep. And then you can, in the tape, you can hear Halt say, it looks like an eye following you through the forest. And like with a dark spot in the middle, like a pupil. He's looking at it through the scope. So you can see the the bright light and then a dark spot in the middle of it. It looks like it's winking at him is what he says. Which... In those scopes, if something's really hot or bright, does it does it come across as black, or is that only in infrared? Well, I'm not familiar with this particular kind of scope and what you would yeah. see from it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would assume just... if it's, yeah, it would be bright, would be illuminated. Yeah. It wouldn't be dark. But yeah. it's odd that there's, you know. Yeah, it is, it's, it's strange. The way they're seeing it. Yeah, looks like a giant eye. And then this red light breaks apart into multiple pieces. Two of them start doing what he describes as pencil-thin beams, like a laser on the ground. One of them beams right at their feet, and it kind of, it's, just, it's like it's looking for something almost. And they don't know whether to take it as, you know, if it's trying to communicate, aggression. They, just, they just stand there. They're like... What what can we do about this? I'm sure somebody made that sound. <laughs> I would have. Let's run. Then the other one that's also looking at stuff with a beam, right? Beaming its beam down. Guess what it's right over? Weapon storage. Uh, man. What's that? Wow. What do you mean by <laughs> Do you believe that or no? Sure. Okay. All right. For today's purposes. So it's oh, it, it's it's. Like I neither it's, believe nor do I not believe. But this has been said multiple times. There's multiple instances of UFO activity at nuclear, nuclear sites yeah. that have like beamed. One of them I heard it shut down. It like almost launched a nuke and then stopped it. Like testing the waters to kind yeah. of see if they can, or showing us that it can. Stop us if it's like just come on, guys, cool it. We're gonna fire one of these things yeah. off and yeah, start World War Three for you. If yeah, which I thought was kind of odd that it happened here too. And this is in this is all from Halt, a Lieutenant Colonel in charge of nuclear weapons at two Air Force bases. Yeah, this is all from him. So yeah, and and when you watch him now, like he's you know he's obviously older, but he still doesn't look like he doesn't look crazy. He just looks like an 
old military guy. He, he's just telling his story. Once again, sort of reaffirming the idea that this something took place, whatever that was. I'm confused by some of the, just I'm going to mention this right now, I'm kind of confused by some of the, eh, just the placement of everything as it was taking place. They're in the woods, right? Yeah. And then now they're seeing laser light beams sort of going down and sort of probing uh, a weapons. Mm-hmm. Where was that in regards to how can you be in the woods and see something that's happening at another? Yeah. Well, they say they were in a clearing, and it was also about they they've moved at this point. There's like it's like fifty yards out, so, and then some of some of the lights are like clear over the coast. They say, which is a coast line nearby which is going to come into play yeah possible explanation for this but that's what some of those lights could have been possibly the lighthouse theory yes orfordness lighthouse which is uh you know at this point that seems pretty much absurd that there was i mean you know we've talked about prior to the episode recording whatever barometric pressure sort of changing things a little bit you're the fluid in your eyes, I think it has something to do with the way you perceive distance and stuff like that. So when yeah. it changes, it can sort of play games with you. So, but anyway. Yeah. I don't think there was a lighthouse. Not you don't think it was the no, lighthouse? No, 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 of course not. Okay. Not that we're going into theories right now. Okay. It's way too soon to do that. But I'm just going to go ahead and say I wouldn't think you could confuse what's taking place here with a lighthouse. Right. It seems maybe the initial... Maybe something off in the distance if you were... Yeah. Like maybe some of the lights that they said were off over the coastline, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe that was one that just got mixed in with, you know, they just see it and then uh, yeah, in the confusion, they're all just... Seems as if that theory was pushed uh, ultimately yeah. from what the book talked about. That right. was where they tried to just really describe it all the way right. as, again, barometric pressure change... Uh, f- fog perhaps would have created the beam from the lighthouse, right? So you would have had right, that sort of right. separation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Um, and really, that's it for that night. I'd never got a thing about how they went away, what happened to them. It just kind of ends there, and then it goes. Yeah, so Halt went back to base, and then like there's never. Did you hear anything about twenty how- years goes by and. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like. Did the what happened to the lights? Did they just disappear? Did they blast off like the other ones? I never found anything that explained how they went away after they were checking out the weapons. Then it just the story always just goes into halt, talking about the the, the halt memo and stuff. Yeah, I don't think I got anything either from from that. Yeah, it's explaining the, the the details of what happened the second night, as far as how they left, which isn't to say it doesn't exist. Right, right. Someone more knowledgeable of the incident may know. Yep, they're yelling right now. <laughs> they're screaming at yeah. their phone. Or deleting this episode. It's stopping right there. Yep, yep. That's okay, we're going to continue on. Mm-hmm. A little, little further. So, also, a little side note to this evening, not associated with Halt Burroughs. Remember I told you he came back and he was denied access to their little mission? He went with another member of the security. I didn't get his name. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He was with him. They see a blue light in the sky, right? Burrows. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, go, I'm, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. He approaches it, 
and the guy in the car, he said, uh, there's another flash of light. Burroughs goes in the light, disappears for a minute, and then comes back. And Burroughs, again, has no memory of anything other than the flash of light. So the same thing happened to Burroughs twice. Two nights in a row, he got flashed with light, memory loss, then he's back. Which is strange. Yeah, yeah. It was he was gone for minutes. Burrow to him, it was just seconds. Huh. It's weird. It's weird. So. <laughs> it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> Crazy. So yeah, that's 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 it in a nutshell. Both of those, <laughs> right. both both that's both evenings. I don't know why in my notes I said to myself, and I wrote this down several times that I had this going over the course of three days. I don't know where the hell I got three days. Well, I think it goes into the twenty eighth, right? It's I, I guess it's t- it's like the night of the twenty fifth, Christmas night. Which one theory is it is Santa coming back? Night of the twenty three a.m. to the twenty sixth, three a.m. on the twenty sixth. So that's that evening. Okay, twenty sixth, night of the twenty seventh, into the early hours of the twenty eighth. So it's okay, kind of just fine. right in that middle area there, the transition. Gotcha. Yeah. I think, unless I'm just completely wrong, which, like I said earlier, never happens. <laughs> it's never, never the case. Yeah. Spectacle. Right. It was Project Blue Book, by the way. Project Blue Book. Yeah. yeah okay. Before it was Project Blue Book, it was Project Sign slash Saucer. That was the precursor to Project Blue Book. That one's that one's a little on the nose, huh? Why the hell? Project Saucer. I had that in my notes. I don't know. That's good, though. You need it. Yeah. It's important stuff. Who was Larry Warren? Larry Warren. You know, I because I the thing with my notes are basically just questions. Okay, <laughs> who was Larry Warren? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really have a great answer for that. He was there. He was stationed at Woodbridge at the time, or Bentwaters, one of the two bases. Now, is this is this confirmed? This is confirmed. Okay. He was definitely stationed there. He was there the night that it happened. Yes. But his account of what—that's where it gets uh, a little his, wacky. His stuff first came out in two thousand three. Okay, so was decided, it too soon for me to ask this question about the Larry Warren guy, or was this no? Okay, no, no, no. no. You basically got the gist of what happened—the Rendlesham incident, right? Do now you, I can start asking you some questions. Do you want to go through some of the theories, explanations of what? Was left behind? What could possibly have caused it? Or do you want to get into the weird shit and then go into what could? possibly have caused it yes which one <laughs> larry warren real quick just real okay. quick while we're here i mean we're, we're just bouncing around anyway yeah i'm not all that familiar with him because i don't i think he's just a load of horse shit. he just wants to get involved with this make some skrilla he came out in 2003 i think it was he's talking about he was there that night he went along and he went into the clearing he saw the craft an orb of light and there were three beings inside this thing. That he, I, some I heard one that said he could only see it from the waist up, like they were sitting inside it. And another one, it was he would they were out. So I don't. I'm not, they said they were translucent, glowing, and blue. Definitely not human. Definitely not from here. Is how he says it. And he reminds me a little bit of John Waters in the way he talks. Slightly John Water. Waters-esque. I never listened to anything or saw yeah. anything with him. I just saw his name pop up a few times, and then I was like, what? who the yeah. hell is this guy he's, now all of a sudden? Yeah, he, the whistleblower. 
He, I listened to a podcast with him interview on Monsterland podcast. I'll put a link to it okay. in ours. Nice, nice. But he also has claimed to see, let me find it here. I jotted it down. He claimed to see that in 1988, eight years after Rendlesham, he was on the top deck of the George Washington Bridge, and he saw a 50-foot saucer fly underneath the bridge, right in New York City, over the Hudson, I think. And nobody else saw this? Just the people that were in the car with him, supposedly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's not it. We're not done yet. Larry. Uh, he also claims to have seen Bigfoot. This is all in the interview in Monsterland podcast, which I'll post. But he said, "Wow, he's, he's blessed." Yeah, with all of these. That's what it goes. It does go back to that thing, though. Like either like me, I haven't seen anything crazy, and then some people just see it all the fucking time. Supposedly, supposedly, yes. So he's seen Bigfoot. He claimed he's well. Listen to this. He saw Bigfoot when he, <laughs> when he was a kid on a road trip to Niagara Falls with his mother, and Bigfoot was on the side of the road killing a deer. And he said that as they drove, he saw a cop behind them pull over. He, he the cops saw it too, and he pulled over, but they his mother kept driving, and he wishes that they stopped, but they didn't. So. What else is old Larry seen? Yeah, I know. That's, that's that's all I got out of that interview, but it's just, you know, something to think about. He's, he's just he's seen all kinds of... In the right place at the right time. Exactly. A lot. Yeah. Because people uh, never see any of these things. Yeah. Or have any of these experiences. I know, like me. But you have the one little one with the silence. Yeah, but I don't know if you can really... Right. Right. You know, put that in with, you know. You almost got Rendlesham'd. Possibly. As I've been calling it, Rendlesham. Possibly. So, yeah, but uh, I think that's that's really it with him, is he's... Okay. He just kind of came out and just kind of tried to get himself involved. And from what I have also, I read something about, he he did a, a book with a, with a guy, I wish I remember the name, but then later on, all this stuff... The the author of that co-authored it with him wishes he didn't write it because Larry Warren's full of shit. He says. <laughs> so I, I mean I don't know I don't know, I mean if Larry wants to come on and explain himself that would be awesome. <laughs> I tried to find contact info for these people but I couldn't do it. I don't know how you I don't how does one go about that. Hey. I have no idea because I thought it'd be kind of cool to have these guys on and talk about it. But uh, you know. Um LinkedIn is a, is a good possibility if they're still in the workforce or professionals Larry, to some degree. They may have a LinkedIn. Lots of people have LinkedIn pages with contact info, or you can contact yeah. them through LinkedIn. Is a good possibility. But yeah. then also some of them have websites. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the time of the podcast, twenty nineteen, Monsterland that he was on, Larry Warren was living in England. Hmm. So, is American? American. Gotcha. Yeah. Expat. There you go. Uh, what was your? Uh, what were you asking earlier? Was it theories or what was left behind? What did you say? I mean, there were some explanations by uh, a local forester around the time, about three years later, eighty-three. He came out talking about what he thought could explain some of the uh, like the indentations in the ground, the gouges okay. in the trees, the broken branches. 
You want to hear those? Uh, uh, I think we all want to hear those. So talk about talking about cool names. This dude, Vince Thurkettle. Vince Thurkettle. I like it. Cool name. He's also the one that's I have right here. Uh, 1983. He's the one that first uh, brought up the lighthouse theory it's in line with the the lights that they were seeing it's you know in line with the bases and it flashed 15 second rotation every five seconds it would it would hit so that was his thing but it does not explain them seeing the light dripping molten material or flashing laser beams down no not at all so it doesn't come close at all with that it explains very little in regards to what they supposedly experienced right but then also I saw a video where they put a flashing light, like they just superimposed it like on a picture of Orford, you know, and played the halt tape next to it. And the, in the tape, you can hear it. They go, there it is again. There it is. And then it's like every time it comes around, it kind of syncs up with them hmm. going, there it is. See it? There it is. Which is kind of weird. Something, I don't know. It's not, uh, I, was, I was Google earthing this sort of layout where the bases and stuff are. It's not very close by. No, it's yeah, it's a ways yeah. away. So you're in the woods. Yeah. And gosh, I don't know what was it, seven miles away or something like that? Or I'm not sure. It's pretty I far. Have that, but I don't But yeah, I mean it's miles close away. Enough, close enough to see, but not to be mistaken with a craft landed in the yeah. clearing or going through the trees, I don't think. Yeah. I Even if it's so. just a light going through trees without the craft on the ground. I don't think the lighthouse is going to cover that. Do you feel as if this is a legitimate um, extraterrestrial encounter? It's that thing I want to believe it. I do tend to go f- with the of, of the the crazy explanations. I tend to lean towards the time traveler one, us from the future, because, well, I mean, we talked about Larry Warren. His craziness do you want to get to jim peniston's craziness i almost forgot about that <laughs> perhaps sure. the most craziness of all the binary code yeah when he touched the uh the glyphs the glyphs uh the ship the ship he said that it was what it was downloaded into his brain burned into his mind's eye it was 16 pages when did he first say this Publicly, uh, when he first publicly said this. This was also, I think this was a it sci-fi was, thing, uh, 2003-ish? Yeah, point is. Something it, like that. It wasn't, a, like, right off the, yeah, right no, after no, no, it no, happened. No. And this he claims he didn't say it because he didn't believe it at first, didn't really know what was going on, and he didn't want to tarnish his you know, reputation. Yeah. Which. He had a career to think of. Yeah. But he also, in the same notebook that he jotted everything down, there is 16 pages of, I mean, it's a small notebook, so the pages aren't very big, but you know what I mean, of ones and zeros that he claims to have written at that time, but nobody really knows for sure if that's when it happened. No way to prove that. I guess it wasn't at that time. It was a couple days later. It was just in his head. He couldn't get it out. After he wrote it down, that's when it Point being, at that time, when it happened, as opposed to 15 years later or something like that. Right, right. So we're going off his word again there right so this code has been translated and it is it's very strange it says exploration of humanity six 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 eight one zero zero 
his phone number. Anybody try calling that? Has anyone? I, I'm just spitballing. Somebody try calling Listeners. that number? There we go. Let us know. And then there's a series. <laughs> there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven different sets of coordinates. And one of them, the first one, is the uh, High Brazil, the supposed location of High Brazil, which is right off the coast of Ireland. Pretty far, not right off. It's pretty far out there. Second one is in Belize. Third one is in Sedona, Arizona, which is kind of close to the underground reptilian base. That's a whole different topic. Uh, the Great Pyramids is another one. The Nazca Lines in Peru is another one. Uh, China, the Shandong China. Some. So he's just popping off these yep. this code. And the Temple of Apollo in Greece is another one. And it says, continuous for planetary advan, A-D-V-A-N, and then nothing. Fourth coordinate, continue out, C-O-N-T-I-N-U-O-U-T, and then a series of letters, U-Q-S-C-B-P-R, and then the word before. So there's typos in this alien code. Right, you'd think there would be. Yeah. And then it says, eyes of your eyes. spelling correct. Yeah, autocorrect of the future. Sucks <laughs> still. They sent it and they're like, God damn it, I hit the autocorrect. <laughs> and then it says, eyes of your eyes, then origin, and it has the same set of coordinates for High Brazil again towards the end. And then origin year, 8100. Nice round year. <laughs> you know? Point being, he got uh, you got a little message. Yeah, in binary code. And what about these places? What about these... Longitude, latitude, I I these mean, coordinates. What the hell does it matter? Some of them are big. The pyramids and oh, know, Nazca are... lines and known stuff. Then High Brazil, which Atlantis type thing, right? I uh, possibly. Right. I mean, it's saying, supposed to be yeah. out in the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. A lost island. Uh, was it a phantom island? I think I read it's only visible once every two days or something like that, but you still can't get to it. It's something like that. That's the legend. Huh. Something like that off of Ireland. That's fun. That's yeah. just fun. Yeah. And I was looking at the code on uh, Reddit, and a Reddit user made a pretty good point. And he says, uh, my problem with this is that the alleged aliens were using ASCII binary, which is literally... American Standard Code for Information Interchange, and there were errors in it. <laughs> and it wasn't decoded until 2012, and it was decoded to English. It was 2012. Well, if aliens were going through the trouble of giving us a message in a human-developed code language, why not just use English without the extra step? That's a good point. I didn't even think about that until I read that. The result is the same. And then he says, I guess using actual words doesn't sound as sci-fi. So he didn't do it. 1950s retro sci-fi is using binary code. Yeah. He said, I'm not questioning the actual event itself. Something happened for sure. What it is, we probably will never know. That's basically what the the user said that. Mm -hmm. That was their their comment. Yeah, it was a good post. It was a good post, I thought. A sensible Reddit user, Uh, which is unusual. uh, Yeah. Although I do find Reddit to be more sensible than the others. Other what? Twitters. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I anyway. Um 
Yeah. That's basically I'm, where I'm at, where I'm at with the uh, Rendlesham thing is that yes, I think something happened. Well, what that is, I don't know. Right. And that's kind of every UFO thing, isn't it? And it's just so uh troublesome like when somebody comes up or or starts producing some more information about something years after the fact. Like not like 2 years. Yeah, like it's like you you've had a really long time yeah. to come up with something. Yeah. And it's not that impressive. Yeah. Like yeah. binary it does look cool. Like it okay. That's all this means something, but it really is they communicated with this with yeah. yeah, yeah. The ones and zeros. Yeah. But I guess it is a language that we just made for like are they gonna use that? Would aliens use that? Or the time travelers? For some reason they knew where they were coming, but they decided to do it in binary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just seems, it does seem strange. That guy made a good point. That's all, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This really does fall into the category of something, I, you know, something happened, but. It well, spiraled out of control a little bit. I mean, you know, who's to say what, uh, the, I don't know. Mm-hmm. People start to maybe tell themselves stuff over years, and they start yep. to believe right. and embellish. Yep. Especially if there's any sort of notoriety that comes along with it. Oh yeah, make some money, go to some conventions, and also I got another uh, theory or possible explanation for the initial lights that Burroughs saw. Go. And what? <laughs> God bless you. And what dozens of people saw the lights in the sky. It's a meteor or fireball, right? And checking in with the, whatever they checked into it, a meteor did come down in that area around 3 in the morning. It was bright as a three-quarter moon, totally silent because it's it's what they happen. You've seen them before. A yep. shooting star. They're way up high, but they look like it's going to hit you. They look like it's right there. So if they saw... A light come down that looked, it appeared close. They thought something landed in the forest, perhaps. Just them going out there, just having that already in their mind that something's out here. They're going to, you know, they're going to see perhaps the lighthouse lights, who knows what else. Blasting through the... Yeah, and they're just going to be like, oh shit, there's stuff all around here because they have a preconceived, you know, thoughts already going through. They're like, something's out here. So that's another theory as to how it got a little crazier than... That's a stretch. Well. Because, you know, there's just so much that would have to happen there for any of this other stuff to... It's the other stuff. This is just... like It's for the initial sightings of the lights, maybe. But what else? Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of other. Um, as far as the indentations in the ground, that same guy, Vince Thurkett, he's a forester, been in that area his whole life. He he was t- taken to the site, looked at him. He's oh yeah, there's rabbits. It's rabbits dig those holes all they're everywhere. They're all over the place. Rabbit diggings. And as far as the broken branches, he's like, this is this is pine forest. Branches wind. Yeah, branches break all the time. He's sure got a answer for everything, doesn't he's, he? Well, he's one of these guys. Yeah, and it, a lot of this information I got off Ian Ridpath's website ianridpath.com i'll put that in the notes too this this is this ian ridpath's a journalist he ca- he was like debunking this whole thing and he was the guy that interviewed vince thurkettle 
Mm-hmm. So, How convenient. A lot of information on his website about every the pictures of the lighthouse from different angles, different times, stuff like that. Really breaks it down, huh? Yep. Yep. One of those guys. I think really. Go check that website out then. You definitely should. Yeah. Get the opportunity. Um, the gouges in the trees they saw with the sap leaking out, they, they got samples of. Vince Thurkettle says. That that's how the lumberjack. That's how they go through the forest. That's how they mark trees with an axe. They just quickly put a little notch in it, cut this one down, because you know they cut them down, replant, cut them down, you know, whatever. So that he said that's that's common practice. That's how they mark the trees, the tree line for cut to cut down. Right. So that's just explanations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Geiger counter readings, we already brought that up that, you know, he didn't, he wasn't really trained on that particular model of Geiger counter. Even in the tape, he says, guys, seems tricky. Just doesn't, wasn't reading it correctly. Yep. Yep. But who's to say that there may have not and, been something there, uh, you know. Right. And it, it, they did say they were spiking in those spots, and but they were spiking, but they were still far from harmful levels. It was just a little, like a little something, which... Could you perhaps go out and get that anywhere? Perhaps. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it was the rabbit shit in the holes. This is the shit in the holes, you know? Or some sort of uh, radioactive material for perhaps. whatever reason. That yeah. Was... yeah. Um, I got three more theories. Do you have any more? What was the uh, security oaths? Did you see anything about that? That's so why certain people couldn't talk. I think you talked about that in the book. Uh, I was I saw just wondering if that was some sort of a clever marketing gimmick as to why they couldn't. Something about bullets are cheap. That was what one of them were told. But I didn't find, I've heard that it stories, but I couldn't find that anywhere. They were told bullets are cheap, so so don't talk. Yeah. But I don't. I didn't find it anywhere when I was looking for but it. But essentially like a non-disclosure agreement. Right. So you couldn't talk about certain things because of security O's and the military. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. Um just a question I had, sorry. Right. I mean, it might be just something like they just don't want everybody talking about something that happened at a base that had nuclear weapons in it. They've bungled up. They've made a big mistake and mis- mistook a meteor for an alien, and they don't want everybody knowing that. So shut the fuck up, please, because we're going to look like idiots. <laughs> I mean, I tend to um, I kind of feel like this is some sort of a – and I think this could be, yeah, more common than not when it comes to the alien aircraft thing. It's drones aircraft. Right. Yeah. I know that drone aircraft has been around. They've been around for a long time because mm-hmm. they've they've talked about those in, in other documents. Even ones that looked as shitty as that? Uh, Well, hard to say. <laughs> That's true. Hard to say. Like, uh, when I say drone aircraft, not just in what we're thinking of drone aircraft today, which are unmanned. But aircraft that could be built and flown uh, without people on board. Yeah. Test aircraft. We know that uh, probably lots of, you know, top secret test aircraft like Area 51 and stuff has probably been mistaken for UFOs Mm -hmm. and stuff like that just because of the shape of a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think Uh we fully know all the different designs of the various aircraft. We're used to the sort of typical design of an airplane. Traditional, but, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the stealth... I know the bomber, but didn't the fighter also get stuck for a lot of... It would have had to have been yeah, because... It's a triangle, black triangle flying, flying around. Yeah. Yeah. 
especially out in the desert at night, mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. But some of those triangles you hear about, they're like, they say they're massive. And they're going so slow and silent. And they're just... Far larger than any aircraft yeah. known. Yeah. So, so... Who knows? Like, the, was that the Phoenix, Phoenix Lights? Was that a large, massive, or was that a series of lights? That was a series of lights. Okay. That Kurt Russell saw. Among others. Yeah. A lot of people. Just imagine him in the plane like he's in that like in the semi truck in big trouble. I got lights out here on the radio, you know? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wayne in it. Yeah. That would have been awesome to hear him. Yeah. But you feel like this was some sort of a top secret uh, military aircraft? There oh, that the only thing with that around? is where'd it go? From the how where did it go from there? Just back to the base. Oh, okay. Then you're right. Another base. But, I mean, did it take off at impossible speed, like Penniston said? Some sort of top-secret propulsion system? Yeah. Don't know. I don't know. I mean, he saw it fly off at a crazy speed. Impossible. Impossible speed. And then never heard of again. Except for the second night. But what happened that second night exactly? Which I, I thought it was weird. They get called out for the UFOs back. They immediately, Halt gets his team together. They immediately just go out to the clearing and start taking readings where the previous night's thing, and then they start seeing lights. They get called out there for more lights. They go out, but they just look at the previous night's. It's just, it just seems weird to me. You know what I mean? Like, what are they doing? Where, the, where were the lights when they went out there? They disappeared. And then they came back. Once the starlight scope spotted them. I, I tell you, I, I just, uh, I don't know what to make of this one. Yeah, okay. Well. It's terribly vexing. This one is indeed. More than Dyatlov Pass? Uh, is Well, yeah. Or do you think that guy nailed it, that investigator, that, that 2019? Uh, I don't think he did. You don't think he did? No, nah, but like, you know, who's to say? Right. There's a yeah. lot of uh, speculation in what he came up with, too, though, right? Yeah. I mean, everything is, really, because nobody was there. Nobody was there. That's the thing. To go down a list of things and try to explain away all of the weird circumstances around yeah. what happened to them is, uh, you know. Mini avalanche scared him out of the tent. A shelf just shifted. Yeah, and you just you look at the the yeah. geography there; it just doesn't make much sense. But yeah, I, they were having some weather, so mm-hmm. same for this one. I don't know. It's uh, could attempt to explain it all away. I know. Well, it was a lighthouse here and a logging mark there, and rabbits here, and so on and so forth. But yeah, well, I got three other possible. Explanations, theories. Let's do it. On what this could be. Um, there was a Russian rocket, Russian Cosmos 749. It was not a satellite. It was a rocket booster. It was falling back to Earth. It re-entered the atmosphere on that day. Some people tried to say that's probably what they saw. But that was hours before nighttime, and there was no evidence at all that it was even visible from Rendlesham. So... Doesn't explain most of their experience right, anyway. Right. But that's just a theory somebody put out. Right. Done. Another one. Uh the SAX 
I believe that stands. That's a British uh, SAS. Is that Super Army Soldier? It's a joke from the show extras. Super <laughs> Army Soldier. I believe it was. It? If I've seen that episode, yeah, that's like their special. Their special for. I believe it's Standard Air Service, Special Air Service, something like that. It doesn't special matter. Air Service, British. Anyways, is this the hoax? This is one of the. Yeah, this is the hoax. Did you know about this? Did you hear about this one? I actually had that in my notes, surprisingly enough. What do you got? Uh, Maybe, you're talking uh, about December 2018. Yep. David Clark. Yep, yep. A uh, British UFO researcher reported a claim that the incident was a setup by the SAS as a revenge plot yep. by the United States Air Force. That's it. What the hell is that all about? They Earlier in the summer months, there was a security training exercise that took place where they tried to break into... Bentwaters Woodbridge. Little test. They parachuted in with black parachutes over the base, but what they didn't know is those two bases got new types of radar that could seize parachutes, got caught, and apparently the United States people kind of roughed them up a little bit. A little too rough. Called them, <laughs> we got some strange aliens here just being dicks, you know? Right. Interrogation, beatings. And they, they were only released because uh, British... Uh, authorities got involved. So, about 18 hours of God knows what could be happening between militaries, right? But then, uh, apparently, what they say is the SAS retaliated with a little prank. They put lights and flares in the forest, and they flew radio-controlled kites that had black balloons over the base. Just to, just to, you know, fuck with the Americans, the crazy Americans. Uh, there was a former SAS member who was active at the time, and he stated that the language used in the letter that said all this in, the anonymous letter from an anonymous SAS guy, it was not written by someone with a military background. Obvious, but the way he was talking about everything. Uh, flares and pyrotechnics used would have left forensic evidence and easily traceable back to British forces. And he said, most importantly, he would have heard about something like that because he was he was in he was part of the crew. He would have been involved probably. And he heard nothing about it. It's definitely not through the grapevine. Nothing like that. And uh, so, not a very plausible hoax. Yeah, and he said, even if it was, they had nuclear weapons there. It's not a place you prank like that. Like you know, you can't just do that. That would cause a major problem with huh. America, Britain. So I, I mean. It would be kind of cool, though, to be part of that story, just to prank the United States Air Force with balloons and kites and shit. Seems a little unreasonable, given well, the high level of... Right. Yeah, right. and what was going You'd on. You'd want here. to, but you wouldn't do it. It'd be one of those things. Right? Or would you not even want to? Would you be okay with getting beaten <laughs> for 18 hours and called an alien? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> but you wouldn't want to prank them. Get them back? Yeah. Embarrass them a little bit. I guess it makes sense. It seems very implausible, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think that happened. Realistically, try something like this. but Yeah. And now we got another prank. Do you see this one? The 67th Aerospace Rescue and Recovery Squadron. It neighbored the base on the eastern side, Woodbridge. Um, a lot of ex-Vietnam pilots 
came over there, and they specialized in uh, general rescue, special ops, aerial refueling, and space mission recovery. Right? They're near the water out there. They could go out do missions. They had a lunar Apollo-style capsule for training. I didn't see any of this. Yep. And that's, you know, that's the thing that lands in the ocean. You know, you know what it looks like, right? It looks kind of maybe like a little craft, if you didn't know any better. Right. Middle of the night in the woods. The uh, theory is that they had it hung from a helicopter, some sort of retrieval exercise or something like that. It fell into the forest at night, right? This is really stretching. They me. never reported it because they were embarrassed. Um, they left it there, right? Run off. Sure. They didn't. They done run off, and uh, they saw that he saw the crate. Saw that in the middle of the woods. Holy shit! Helicopter light, but. The thing about that, you'd hear the helicopter sounds. How'd the capsule get out of there? I don't buy that one either. I don't either. Yeah, that one's ridiculous. But it is a fun one that they would just drop it in the woods. And, oh, whoops. Let's leave. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, just deny that, it. None of that just, makes any real. Yeah. Your leader, that squad leader, where's the capsule? Don't worry about it. It's fine. We got it. It's just in the woods. <laughs> just ridiculous yeah so yeah i mean that uh, that's that's it that's all the theories and explanations <laughs> i saw good to to debunk this thing i don't think we need any more i mean if there were more i don't want to hear them i got a theory of my own what is it aliens just a straight up yeah no uh peniston under hypnotic regression Hypnotherapy. Yes. He says that he said they were it was time travel. He firmly believes it's time travelers. It was not alien in nature, extraterrestrial in nature. I, I did notice that from the book, these two guys seem to be mostly downplaying a lot of any sort of UFO type. Yeah. Um, like they weren't really big on communicating with the UFO uh, community, right? Was that yeah. sort of like they were sort of standoffish to this whole yeah. thing? And yeah, I think that goes back to them not wanting to get lumped in with not jobs. So I don't want to make it sound like these guys are just looking for some uh, UFO money. Right. Which I think they are now. Because now they're all over sci-fi <laughs> channel. That's always... Ancient aliens. It always comes down to that. Yeah. Eventually. Which I would too. Why not? If they, if they ask me, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? But apparently the code came out. Penniston wasn't even going to talk about the code. He was doing an interview t- showing them the, the sketches of the craft that he saw in the notebook. And while off camera, he was just like flipping through, he goes to the binary, and the interviewer's like, what's that? He's like, ah, this is, I don't even want to talk. This is just what was burned into my brain, downloaded into my brain, and I just had to write it down. A couple, oh, by the way, this yeah. is what also happened. And then she's like, oh, can you, you talk about that too? He's like, yeah, sure, Was I he guess. looking at it like, and then just, <laughs> just flipped it. a whole page yeah. of ones and zeros? Dropped it on accident. Like, oh, right. what's that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I didn't mean to show you that. That's just the oh, binary oh. code that was transmitted to yeah. me when I touched the craft. When I touched it. Really? Oh, you mean this? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. I would like to talk to one of these guys. He did that. No, I can't show you. Okay, I'll show you. He standoffish at first. Uh, okay. Yeah, fine, uh, I guess. I'll tell you about it. It hey. just so happens. She opens the briefcase. Just ten more thousand dollars. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, yeah, it would be cool to talk to one of these guys and ask. Because they're not like super celebrities, so. No. Just a couple ask dudes. dumb questions. Like, 
like that. Say that. Like, why did, Why wouldn't you do that? Did they, how much money they offer you? Be honest. Be honest now. What, say again? Maybe we get some cool answer out of Penniston. How much do they offer you to show that binary? Let's cut the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cut the shit, man. Look, man. Listen, man. You're in your, you're in your late 60s now. It's almost over. <laughs> Let's just get the truth out there. Yeah. What? What is this? Yeah. What is this nonsense? And you have health problems from the event. Oh, they do have those, by the way. That's a good thing to mention, right? <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot that. They had, they have, uh, I guess, for years, I guess they were trying to get some sort of disability from the mm-hmm. military, and they were eventually successful. Yeah. Uh, they both have PTSD. But who doesn't? Air these Force. Days? They weren't pilots. Well, that's true. They were just airmen. Uh, Burroughs had a heart problem, right? Had a heart, something with his heart that was... They did have something going that, on. But it was a heart issue that could be, if you worked around radiation, it could be attributed to that. So he's blaming it on the lights and, you know, the event. He's, you know, radiated. And he was on, it was on that Art Bell tapes, that pod, Art Bell tape vault podcast interview with him. I'll post that too. He says that uh, he tried to get his medical records from the Air Force and they kept saying it was lost. They kept denying. They kept, you know, it was years of trying to get them and then he finally got them, which I don't know if I buy that either. Just some more, if you're the Air Force. Manufactured drama for the yeah. purpose of his tale. Yeah. If you're the Air Force. If you're listening. And a guy is looking for his, just make up fake ones if you don't want them to just make up bullshit. Which, you don't know. mention Reynolds Room. If they're out there they see this podcast and listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Doubtful, doubtful. We're not being disrespectful here. No, just, not at all. Not at all. I would just like to talk to one of you. Uh, real quick, Project Condine. Did you see that? Yes, but I didn't look into it. Okay. Yeah. That was the that was the British version, I guess, of, of Blue Book, kind of, sort of, okay. basically. No, I'm asking. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I I, I I'm only not Google it either. I, don't I only care. saw it. I don't in care the, at this point. Well, you talk. What am I going to talk? I'll about? Google it. No, uh, I just I put it in my notes. Darned if I didn't put the definition of what it was. I just know that um, Nick Pope talks about it quite a bit in his book, and uh, I assumed it to be the Blue Book uh, equivalency uh, of the British. Uh, sort of uh, research into UFOs or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what it, yeah. So at, le- at the very least. Exactly what it looks like. At the very least, we've mentioned it during this podcast. Right. And if somebody was interested, they could go and read up on Project Condine as well. Because it is important to know that they've had these, uh, I don't think they've ever ended. I don't think Project Blue Book ever ended. If there is something to all this, <laughs> you know. Me. Yeah, big disclaimer there. If there is something to all this, or if it's just a psyop and we're all just being played for suckers, something else to keep us occupied. Right. Um, it's interesting to know that they have, you know, governments have had projects where they have been uh, studying this phenomenon for many, many, many years. Yeah, long time. I think this one I just said it took place between ninety-seven and two thousand. Project Condine. It was a secret, unidentified flying object study undertaken by the British government's defense intelligence staff. Which would have been Nick Pope, the author of that book. Yep. I mean, he he had a... The book is pretty good at being... uh, 
not really trying to take uh, objective, I guess you'd say, but at the same time, looking at what he did in his career, mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely has the slant. Right. He is pushing oh, yeah, the, the UFO alien mm-hmm. uh, side Big of things. Time. But he, he is pretty objective in providing the information That's so true. that it's not just so. It is true. You can, you can audiobook it. It's on Audible. Or you can read it. It's there. I'd recommend it if you're interested in this stuff. So yeah, it's. De- uh, I don't give a shit about it, but I mean, you. I mean, it's apparently it's the only book on Rendlesham that's been that had to be like uh, security released or something. Had to be checked out by both British intelligence oh, and milit- and United States confidentiality yeah. stuff, uh, which kind of kind of cool, I guess. Worth noting. Yeah. 2014 is when that was published. Yeah. So. So that's basically. I think you've answered all my questions. MOD, by the way. Ministry of Defense. I just mentioned that earlier. With a C, I believe, right? Defense. Probably so. Yeah, I've seen it it spelled (laughs) with a a C. Yeah. Brits. Brits. Color with a U. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that covers Rendlesham. We nailed it all. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Just a quick, almost three hour long (laughs) (laughs) episode. That's not counting. It will be eight, or it will be three hours hours after the actual 18 minutes. Yeah. Which obviously nobody has to listen to. You can find it anywhere. Nope. But it'll be here for your enjoyment. And if you stumble across this podcast, it's, you know, you've never heard of Rendlesham. Maybe, hopefully. I know Justin was very thorough, gave you a good rundown of what happened. I tried to be. I gave myself a headache. But there's still plenty of other information out there. A lot. That yeah. can take you deeper into it. It's like Roswell. It's like you look at Roswell, it just leads one thing to the next, and the same thing with Reynolds. Yeah. So. If nothing else, it's a good introductory episode of... Uh, I think so. I think we did a, I think we did decent. Yeah. We did a decent job. Yeah. I feel good about it. All right. Good. All right. Well. I'm going to end it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, the usual, I guess, the rundown. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Type of X Podcast. Twitter, don't Shoot. bother. <laughs> we have one. We never use it. Yep. Send I us po- an email. Every, every time a post uh, uh, episode is posted, a tweet goes out. I do know that. Oh, that's cool. So, but No so followers. No follower, yeah, because no interaction. Maybe on. one day we'll get... Uh, Involved there, I don't know. Yeah, I think we're gonna start paying for the check marks, like everybody else. Yeah, we have to. It's, do that. Everybody's a check mark now. It's such a scam. I don't. Minute. Did you see? Like it adds more legitimacy to. I know it's stupid. And you look at some of these people, like, oh, he, okay, he must be somebody. He's got eight hundred followers, and yeah, they really they should. That should just. I don't know why. There's subscriptions now too. Did that? He should just left the. You can subscribe to pay more to Twitter to get more. Yeah. Like paid tweets, yeah. so you can see tweets that they wouldn't normally. I know, it's weird. Did you see the Stephen King drama with Elon, though? No, I didn't see it. That did make me laugh. Real quick. Let me get it. Uh, Stephen King said something like, uh, uh, it was, it's $8 a month, I think, for the check. Eight, yeah, He yeah, said yeah. something like, uh, I think Elon Musk should donate my check mark to charity, perhaps whatever, whatever project that helps Ukraine. But it is only $8. Maybe Mr. Musk could donate a little more. And then Elon Musk responded to him. And he said, I've donated $100 million to Ukraine. How much have you donated? And then no response from Stephen King. He just, it made me laugh. Just shut Stephen King right up there. 
Has he really donated a hundred million? I don't know. I'm sure. What is so that whatever that bullshit that is? That guy's got money. He hadn't even looked at yet. That's right. Yeah. What's that from? Celtic Pride. Dan Aykroyd. Daniel gotcha. Stern. Gotcha. Great movie. Uh Elon. I know. He was on Bill Maher. They had a little conversation. How'd that go? It's. I just this whole. <laughs> This whole funny man, you know, he's trying know. to portray it. He's trying. But. It's uh, no, it's like, I don't know. We were just about to end this thing. I could go. I on know. And on. He's I know. so full of shit. Unless you're listening and you like to give us money, which you're not, and you never will See, be. You know, we should because we'll sell out as soon as we get the opportunity. Talk right about, now, talking about us. Yeah. Okay. I'm speaking for both of us. I, I assumed do- you would patreon and do bonus episodes where it's just us doing the dirty 30s that's the that's the bonus for a dollar a month surely our listeners have a dollar some month. dumb shit will pay them. <laughs> yeah. that that is a thing though i do the I, money I, thing I, that I, is a uh, we were just about to end it we're i know let's end it yeah sorry all right go to next we'll, well next time we'll get into all that yeah make a note terriblyvex.com you can send us a message there. Everything's up there. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Send us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment. Leave a comment, please. Rate. iTunes is the way to go, though. That would help us out the most. We could see them all there. Rate and review. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for joining us. Please leave a review. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.
That's kind of funny. That's, that's, you're right about the abrasion. I've never seen a tree that's uh, never seen a pine tree that's been damaged react that fast. Yeah, I got a bottle to put that in. Yeah, you got a sample bottle? We'll just put it in for the soil. Put the tire somewhere there. Yeah, here, let's sit this on the ground. Okay, from now on, let's, 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 let's identify that as point number one. That's stake there. So you all know where it is. We have to sketch it. You got that, Sergeant Nevels? Yes, sir. Close okay. To the wood Closest to the wood bridge base. B point one. B point one. And let's go clockwise from there. Point two. Point two. So this tree is between point two. Tell them negative at this time. We'll tell them when they can come out here. We don't want them out here right now. Okay. The, the sample. You're going to mark this sample number one. Yes. Have them cut it off and include some of that sap and all. Is between indentation two and three on a pine tree about uh, about five feet away, about three and a half feet off the ground. There's a round abrasion on the tree about uh, three and a half four inches in diameter. It looks like it might be old, but uh, strange as a crystalline pine sap has come out that fast. See those other trees here that are damaged in a similar fashion? Yes, yeah, so they look in towards centered or landing. So. Okay, why don't you take a picture of that and remember your picture. And you got to be writing this down. It's going to be on the tape. I've got a tape measure with you. This is the picture. Your first picture will be at the first tree. The one between uh, Mark 2 and 3. Meantime, I'm going to look at a couple of these trees over here. We are getting some. You're getting rings on the tree you've taken samples from on the side facing the suspected landing site. Four clicks, Max. Up to four. Interesting. That's right where you're taking the sample now. Four. That's the strongest point on the tree? Yes, sir. If you come to the back, there's no clicks whatsoever. No clicks at all on the back. It's all on the Maybe side facing the... Interesting. The indentations look like something twisted as it got, you know, as it sat down on them. Looks like someone took something and sat it down and twisted it from side to side. Mm -hmm. Very strange. We're looking at the same tree we took the sample off with this, what do you call it, star scope? Uh huh, star scope. Getting, getting a definite heat reflection off the tree, about, about three to four feet off the ground? Yes, where the same spot is. It's same the same place where the spot is. We're getting a heating. spot on the tree directly behind us. I picked up the same thing. One on your right. Uh, let me three trees in the area, immediately adjacent to the site, within 10 feet of the suspected landing site. We're picking up heat reflection off the trees. Like five and What's that again? Shine a light on again, Bob. Well, you have trouble here, Joel. Yeah. Get the light on the spot, and then when you want them, okay, turn the light on. Light, you'll notice the white. Hey. You're right. There's a white streak on the tree. In the cage side. Let me turn around and look at this tree over here now. Just a second. Watch for Shrek on the tree. I can see it. Give me a little side lighting so I can find the tree. Okay, off. I lost the tree. Okay, stop, stop. Light off. Hey, this is eerie. This is strange. Here, someone want to look at the spots in the ground? Whoops, watch your nose. We're walking all over the lot. Yeah, please, sir. 
Okay, let's, let's step back and not walk all over it. Okay. Come back here, somebody put a beam on them. Or you're going to have to be back 10 or 15 feet. You see it? Okay, fine. Okay, lights off. What do you think about the spot? Getting stronger. 
Now it's stopped. Now it's coming up. Hold up. There we go. It's about approximately four foot off the ground. Compass test of 110 degrees. All right, just turn the meter off. You got to say that again.
an object to the sun. An object to the sun is still beating down lights to the ground. Zero four hundred hours. One object still hovering over Woodbridge Base at about five to ten degrees off the horizon. Still moving erratic and similar lights and beaming down this area.